You are listening to the Hello Sport Podcast. All right, welcome back to the Hello Sport Podcast. Dribbler pod number one. Home of unqualified opinion and unwavering bias. Don't know if I said that, but all you need to know here, punters, dribblers, is that the dribbler hotline reached such a, a crazy height that we ba- we had to give it its own separate podcast, at least for isolation times, just, you know, so that we can sit back with a cold one, as you may have just heard Edward open, and take it in, because it can be tiring. You guys can talk some serious shit, which is why we love you, but it can be taxing. So, Dribbler Pod, Pod of Dribbles, number one. Edward, how are you feeling before we get into it? Look, I'm a little bit nervous coming in here today, Tom. Not sure what to expect. The Dribblers getting their own podcast, as it were. This yeah. is for them. Yeah. And it's just to show love and respect to the Dribbler and the punter. I mean, punters can call the hotline too. And Dribblets, they do. And, they do. you know, punters, anyone's dribblers, welcome. Dribblets. Anyone's welcome to call. So I thought I'd get some beers so we can ease into it. Uh, celebrate the first official Dribbler hotline podcast yes uh it'll also include written dribbles punters and dribblers um but obviously you know such is the buzz around the hotline itself that's where most of the episode will center yes that's it i think we've got 36 dribbles to get through and that's uh they're not short some of them are not short some of them will take time if they're too if we get over them yeah we'll just stop listening if the sound quality again is poor you're not making the big time. No. We've said that too many times. I'm not going to sit through it. I'm not going to put you through it. It's pure and simple. The rules have changed somewhat. We oh, just, they've changed. We aren't going to indulge. Well, I mean, look, we are. In, this whole thing is about indulging the dribbler. But we are certainly, we'll talk over you if we need to. If your dribble sucks, you're going to get ripped on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mate, this is this is the big leagues, Yeah, mate. this is the big leagues. This is the big leagues. You've, I mean, you've probably always dreamt of playing in the big leagues, going pro. This is your shot, mate. It's the equivalent of going pro. Now, before we get into them, Eddie, because we do have to get into them quick, because who knows, God knows, the Lord knows how long this is going to fucking take. Two things that have sort of happened in the sporting world since we last spoke that I think it's important for you and I just to quickly touch on. Yeah. So, obviously, we had Josh and Trell... Uh, breaking social distancing laws, trying to, uh, well, putting the, the, the future of rugby league in jeopardy so close to the moon landing. Since then, Nathan Cleary of Aphantasia fame has <laughs> has also... He's had another bout. He's had another serious bout where he has been photographed with drenched in honeys, I think you could say. Mm. Is mm. that a fair yeah, explanation yeah. of the photo that was released? He's a honeypot. He's a honeypot and he's covered in bees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah. He's absolutely dripping. And they're buzzing. Yeah, they're buzzing all over him. Now, Nath, in all of his youthful wisdom, came out and said, listen, because this photo was taken at the family home, the Cleary residence, of which he still lives with his dad, despite the fact he's on, what, a million dollars a season? Anyway, I digress. Drenched in honeys, photo released. Nath says... Sorry, my sisters and her mates. My sister and her mates came back. They were all having a drink, Anzac Day, and they were just waiting for an Uber. I didn't even know a photo was taken. I tell you what. Well, finish the story, and then I'll get to it. It'll make more sense. Yes. Then, so as a result of that story, the sanctions the NRL handed down to Nath were reduced when compared to the Fox and Trell, who got fifty thousand dollars. Uh, 60% suspended and a one-game suspension, which is also suspended for the season. So uh, 50 grand for those two. Uh, Nath only got 10 grand. Turns out today, Nath's fucking been doing TikToks with these honeys. 
So he knew he was getting filmed. TikTok's been released. Everyone's up in arms. Nath's a dirty liar. Yeah, look, Nath is a liar. Nath tried to uh, pull, pull the, the wall. wall over the nation's eyes. The nation's smarter than that. Yeah, you gotta you got to be pulling wool better than that. Nate. Look, you used to be able to pull wool back in the day, before iPhones, before camera phones, before, before social TikTok. media. You could pull wool. Mm. I mean, there was a lot of elite wool pullers out there yep. back in the day, but you can't pull wool like you could. You cannot pull wool like you used to. Not in 2020. Nah. Nath didn't know that. He's too wet behind the ears. He's, but you tell you who should have known. His old man. Ivan should have known. Because I reckon Ivan got off scot-free there. Like, yeah, his son's he's, he's given the finger to the bloody, to the rules, to isolation. Yeah. Leader of a club on a million dollars, should have known better, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Where's the old man right sitting out know. the back of a schooner, is, allowing it to go on? Well, maybe Ive wasn't there. Do we well, know? Where is he? Where We're is supposed Ive? to be isolated. Yeah. Was he at the pub? That's true, actually. Where I, is Ivan? Ive shouldn't be out of the house. Mate, I reckon Ivan fucking, he, he snuck out on that. He's just throwing the old boy under the bus. He's probably come up with this stupid little lie. Because, I mean, I don't reckon Ivan knows social media either. No, he probably doesn't. Well, he would have gone, oh, Dad, we did a few TikToks. And he would have been like, oh, yeah, like, what? You, you, you looked at the clock or something? He yeah. wouldn't have got it. No, right? he wouldn't. Anyway, they need to reassess Nathan's fine. Mm-hmm. I think, and call me stupid, just blanket them. Just blanket the fines. If you, fu- if you, if you, if you get up. caught fucking up and not obeying the social isolation laws... This is the fine. This is the suspension. It's a blanket case. Yep. Move on. I agree. Then it's easy. Then there, then there's the, none of this race card stuff, which has been sneaking into it. There's none yeah. of the, oh, well, he's getting special treatment over him. None of that crap can exist no, if it's a blanket. It's a blanket. Rule. Now, I will say this. I think that the the, the, the punishments are weak. One, weak as piss. We called weak. for one to two games. Yeah. What's a, Someone come on here. And explain to me what a suspended suspension means. Yeah. Like, what the, what's the point? Essentially, you've gone, yeah, we've suspended him, but we're actually not because we're suspending the suspension, which means he's not suspended. It's a double suspension, really. It's like, kind of it's, like, it's, it's like saying you're punished, but we're not going to punish you. Well, it's like two negatives make a positive yes. in math. In math. I don't even know if that's mathematically correct, is it? That two negatives make a positive in math? I think I think it is. Really? I think so. But what? Dior. Yeah, Dior that. And mathematicians, please reach out, because I'm not 100% sure on the validity of that statement. Anyway, Nate's fucked up big time. And it's now kind of... I mean, listen, I think most people assume uh, that the Fox and Trell's excuse of it's a cultural... It was a cultural gathering to be horse shit as well. But Nate's... Well, it's a classic wool pull. It's a wool pull as well. That hasn't worked. That was a wool pull as well. Everyone's trying to pull wool. And I think the big lesson learned here is that Mm. you can't pull wool in 2020. can't pull wool in 2020. Certainly not in the social media age. No. But Nate's wool pull seems a little bit scatter somehow because he like stood in front of the camera and like crafted a lot more. Like the boys saying, the problem with the boys saying the cultural experience is that it brings out racist chat, right? It starts that conversation, which is scat because that's not what it was about. But the Nath one was he's standing in front of Danny Weidler on Channel 9 and he's like, I know I shouldn't have done it. I didn't know the photo was taken. I didn't do this. It was a bit more to his wool pull. There was a lot more to his wool pull, but it was coming from a kid who thought he'd crossed his T's and dotted his I's, Tom, yeah. and he hadn't. No. That's the problem. Now, he's obviously well, got Well, I on... think the rugby league player dots their T's and crosses their I's, and that may have been the problem. Well, that's absolutely right. Look, and one with Aphantasia, I don't even know if he bothers dotting them. <laughs> He probably doesn't know you have to. No, exactly. You know what I mean? Yet to dot nine. Yet to dot eyes. Well, I mean, look, you'd have to ask Nate that, but from <laughs> yeah. where I'm sitting... Who knows if he'll tell you the truth? Yeah, I mean, he wouldn't. He's a liar. But 
he's obviously a quick message to the birds. Have you deleted those TikToks? Yes, we have. Look, the internet doesn't forget. That's an no, old saying. That is. It's not that old, but it's a saying. <laughs> And, Relatively recent, yeah. And he's got he's got caught red-handed in a in a classic wool pool. Yeah. And you know, twenty twenty, COVID. You're the punter and the dribbler. Like, no, nah. Sorry, bro. Not copping a wool pool, bro. <laughs> no, 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 not this year, mate. We've had enough drama. Enough drama. Sharpen up. Sharpen up. Sharpen up. Sharpen up. Now, moving on. One more thing, Eddie, and it's in AFL. The, yes. the saddest competition in Australian sport after all the other ones. Starting to feel a lot like neighbours. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, you know how Neighbours just got sadder and sadder and then right. it got moved to another channel and yeah. now it's ta- it's, they're talking about it getting cut? Yes. Feels a bit a like A little that. bit like that. If, if rugby league was your home and away. Of course, bro. Well, home and away up here in New South Wales. And then... And then Neighbours is obviously yeah. a Melbourne-based Ramsey Street. Ramsey Street. Yeah, yeah. So the AFL, there was a report today, and look, I only skim read it because it's AFL and I just, you know... What's, you can skim read AFL. What's the point? You can skim read it. So the, a bunch of their players came out and were like, because they're proposing, I think, in AFL, some sort of similar bubble lockdown situation. All the players locked in certain hubs where they can't leave. So the competition gets up and running, so people yeah, get paid. So stuff. Livelihoods are, are, are continued to... Uh, aren't squandered, aren't you know thrown in the can. Uh, and the, the, the game of AFL can, can continue in 2020. And then a lot of players have come out going... Mate, oh bloody! If you think I'm going to go into some sort of jail, you can. I'm standing down. I'm not going to play. Like throwing all these like boycott the game threats, and you're like, bro, there are like medical workers who can't see their families because they're in hospitals because they're looking after people with COVID. Going into a bit of a lockdown for a couple of weeks so you can play a it's game of AFL of, it's football. Not, it's not the end of the world. Like it's not going to be the end of your life in no, there, mate. But you know you're also I mean? securing. You're also that. That selfish fucking behaviour of like, well, I'll just stand down. Yeah, it's like there's... you're you're just you're casting aside the hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands of people that work in and around AFL yes. who are going to be losing their Good livelihoods point. as a result. Great point. Because you can't be fucked to go in lockdown for a couple of weeks. Great point. And now as a father, Eddie, which I can say now, any motherfucker who throws around the like, well, I don't want to leave my kids and all that. Sure, I get that. I get it. But also, bro, twenty weeks or 15 weeks, or however many weeks it's going to be, to fucking play footy and get paid a shitload of money. And also, you're probably going to be able to see your kids at some yeah. point. Yeah, look, you, look you, you will be able to see them at some point. This is COVID times, unprecedented times, pandemic times. Sacrifices need to be made. Now, you've made great points uh, just now. I want to add one. Mm-hmm. Sam Groth of tennis fame, of fastest <laughs> server in the world yeah. fame. Well, that's probably all Sam. Sam Groth of some Fastest tennis server in the world fame. <laughs> yeah. That's Sam, and we love him for it. No, we love him for it. And moderate, we love him for it. Moderate, mild to moderate. To, so when to they start whinging, he comes out being like, oh, yeah, imagine being away from your family for extended periods and, you know, imagine having to, you know, make sacrifices, blah, 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 like alluding to what tennis players go yeah. through. And yeah. then some fucking loser from AFL land. Like, Jared Waitley it was. Was it? No, I, was, I think it was someone else. I didn't recognize the name. The blue oh, tick, though. Yeah. He was like, you mustn't have any kids. Oh, right. Trying to have like an underhand, like, oh, well, you don't have kids, so you don't get it. And then someone's commented underneath him, like oh yeah <laughs> i bet uh i bet djokovic and nadal and federer and like started naming all these father tennis players they don't have kids either huh brah like uh, yeah. shut, shut up, up mate. and jared waitley that was where i thought and also going. like going overseas and being you know traveling around europe or america for weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months at a time is a bit different than you being around the corner yeah, in a exactly. little bubble of course mate. it is but and to to that point and that's why i thought you were quoting waitley is because waitley was like 
geez, I thought we were beyond the time where we treated footballers as just those blokes who run around the field kicking a footy. These people are dealing with many things like mental health, life, the complexities of life, all this shit. It's like, yeah, dude, we all get that. We're all doing that. Everyone's dealing with that shit too. Their jobs, as like some people are still having to, as I said, go to hospitals and they can't see their kids and also dealing with the complexities of life. Some people just can't see their family members. Some people can't work. Some people actually can't afford to fucking work or mm. their jobs closed down and now they're trying to get job seeker and all this other shit. Everyone's dealing with the complexities of life, but if you're an AFL player and you're going, well, I'm just not going to play because you can't fucking go into a bit of a lockdown where you're going to be treated like a king, but you just can't maybe see your family every single day, you're just being a bit of a fucking bitch. Like, obviously, <laughs> obviously it's not good. No one's saying, like, you should be happy about it. <laughs> no one's saying that. But don't give me this fucking bullshit of, oh, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to play then. Like, have some respect for the people that are also going to have to do it, but aren't getting paid half as much as you. Yeah, but and, and also have a respect. And you know who's all saying this? It'd be all the blokes on shitloads of money or of in the is. twilight of their career, Cameron Smith stuff. And, mate, have a, have a spare a thought for the young kid who's on fucking 60 grand, 70 grand or 100 grand or whatever the, the minimum is. He's yeah. just bought a house. He's got a mortgage. He's under the pump. He's like, I want to play footy. I need to play yeah. footy. And you're like, oh, mate, I think it's just ridiculous. Yeah, you know what I mean? this, mate. I don't want to play Boy, but fuck, I'm still getting paid that million, aren't I? Yeah, exactly. Like, make sure I get my Or it's earn. like, oh, yeah, we're getting a 75% pay reduction. It's like, oh, well, I'm still on 250 mm. grand, whereas this kid who's on 100 he's grand on is getting $25,000. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And he's singing for his sup around the corner. Yeah. Look, bigger picture guys but like does it surprise you no nah. nah. fuck the afl and you know what just to, just to bow this yeah is there any coincidence whatsoever in your opinion tom that the only chatter we've heard about this bubble stuff being an issue out of the nrl is cameron smith who coincidentally lives in melbourne melbourne man does cam i didn't actually know cam was dirty yet and darius queenslander you know what i mean yeah correlation yeah, yeah. soft every bloody way you look <laughs> All right. Anyway, I think it's time to get into the dribbles. Let's dribble. I am not going to play the very first one first, Eddie, because I think it's despicably long and we'll get to it. What does that sound like to you? That sounds fine. Let's ease in. Let's ease in. Five. I, didn't we say yeah, yeah, we two said, minutes? We said 90 seconds. I thought seconds. we said 90 seconds. Yeah, we seconds. did, but the dribbler doesn't respect us. Okay. Well, maybe I won't play your fucking yeah. dribble, mate. Let's hear it. Let's see if this works. Hi, Tom and Eddie. Uh, it's Pug here again. Look, it's Wednesday afternoon and I've just finished the most recent podcast and I've realised that I've sent in a, a terrible dribble that you've had to stop early. It's going to be four minutes or something like that. And look, I'm just calling up to apologise. Um, the last thing I want is to be put in the same conversation as Big Tasty. You know, um, I think of myself as more of a, you know, more of an eloquent dribbler and... Um, you know, I, I promise you I won't be doing it again. Um, but here I am doing it again. Uh, look, just a quick one. I'm a New South Welshman living in Brisbane, which is tough at the best of times. I've been through some really tough years. Um, and obviously with this, you know, Queensland Premier deciding to say fuck you to the NRL and any any chance of state of origin here, it's really put a, put a downer um, on, you know, what was a big week hearing that the NRL was coming back. But I just wanted to give you, hear your thoughts on whether it'd be worse to be a... New South Welshman living in Queensland or a Queensland living in New South Wales. Cheers, boys. Be soon. Welcome back, Pug. Pug, welcome back. Apology well recovered. Accepted. No, no, no. But look, I think that's really nice. You open with an apology. Uh, look, I wasn't. I wasn't asking for one. So when you get caught off guard like that, it's nice. Yeah. 
Uh, mate, obviously a New South Wales, a New South Welshman living in Queensland during the eight in a row, that's probably the toughest uh, stint. T- toughest place on earth. Yeah, that's the toughest place on earth or the toughest. Like that eight years must have felt like 80. Yeah. So whoever did it, that's as tough as it gets. That's a prison sentence. That's a prison sentence. Now, off the back of what we're hearing, Origin absolutely locked in for November. I think we're getting green ticks everywhere we look. At this point, brother, it's it's better to be a New South Welshman living in Queensland because we're going for the three, Pete. We're going for the dynasty. <coughs> like, mate, this is where, that's where you want to be. Well, now, it is from a gloating perspective, Eddie, but you've got to remember that Queensland, a shithole filled with shit people, especially in Origin. <laughs> So well, look, and look. I'm just. Talking I don't know. I'm talking about I don't origin. know about that. I don't know about that. There's a lot of. I'm not going to go that heavy on the Queenslanders. There's, there's some tremendous blokes up there. I and dri- dribblets, of course, of course. But I'm talking from a parochial tribal standpoint of Origin chatter. Have you been to an Origin in in Queensland? Have not. They're much nicer than you might think. I'm sure they are. No, I'm right? just saying, like Queenslanders in general, like the Queenslanders. The experience that I got on Caxton Street and at the game and afterwards was actually I have been to an. Wasn't that like it was fun? It wasn't like no, yeah, it's it not wasn't. Like, they're not gonna bash you. Yeah, but I think sometimes the New South Welshman can like you can see a little bit more of that sometimes. Do you think the New South Welshman more aggressive than the Queen? I don't know. Though? Well, like you hear those whispers. All I'm saying is, in my experience, yeah. it was pretty good. And I'm just like, if if you're in a period of excellence that we're in right now, I like you like the big gloat, don't you? Sure. But I mean, I'm trying to work out what Pug there is saying. Is he just saying, would you prefer to be a New South Welshman that lives in Queensland? Or a Queenslander living in New South Wales. I think that Queenslander living in New South Wales is far better. In and around around Origin chat. If you're talking about which state is better. Oh, it's New South Wales. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. But in and around Origin world, you'd prefer to be in Queensland as a successful New South Wales Blues fan. Yes. Then why would I ever want to be a Queensland supporter? Well, no, sure. Which is why I think it lends itself more to just like, which state would you prefer to live in? Well, then it's New South Wales. It's New South Wales every day of the week. Okay. Good question, Pug. Great question, Pug. Um, Really super stuff. Yeah. In a roundabout way, he was asking what state is better. I think so, yeah. (laughs) I think so. Which, you know, I mean, it probably goes without saying, Puggy, but that's all right. Um, Again, I'm going to hold on to that five-minute dribble (laughs) for a little bit later. Uh, Let's see what this one is. G'day, Tom and Eddie. It's... um the Moss Man here, a.k.a. the Dot Point Dribbler. Dot point dribbler. Um, this is just a courtesy call to let you guys know I've taken on your indirect uh, feedback after last week's dribble. And um, I've thrown away the dot, point, the dot Point sheet, so that's gone now. Sounds better already. Um, More natural. I've also adopted the name the lads have given me, the Dot Point Dribbler. And uh, also, no, I did not have a stroke last week, although I do appreciate your concern. Um, fun fact. Actually, well, it's not really that fun, but the um, proper name for a stroke is cerebrovascular accident. So there you have it. Thanks, lads. Be soon. <laughs> That's the dribble. That's it. Oh, my God. Dot mate, point dribbler. Dot point dribbler. Welcome back. I will say to your mates, keep that nickname up. Yes. Don't let that Don't let that go by the wayside because it's no. one of the great nicknames. That is. The dot point dribbler and forever known as such. I mean, forever, you know. The any, DPD. The DPD. Anytime you come back. The P's and D's will know immediately who the dot point dribbler is, much like we did with. I've noticed that Eddie. I think I think the dribblers now all starting to work on their own branding a little bit, which mm. is nice. Yeah, yeah. DP Dad looked good on a shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Tom and Eddie, the punter and 
the dribbler. How the bloody hell are we? My name is Mitch Hill. Lads, I'm here to dribble and ask a very important question. While sporting the coveted, God-given corduroy Hello Sports hat, whilst no footy is on, Manly's most recent win against Storm has left me it's left me hungry. Hungry for more. And I feel like it's left an enigma on you as well. Now also, lads, you'll have to do all this. I'm not 100% sure of my current financial status into punting, most likely in the negative. Now, I'm asking, I'm asking for a mate. I'm waiting for a mate. Is this stream of consciousness? Like he's Really, I just need some advice or some tips <laughs> on being able to get my financial status back into the positives and not in the negatives. <laughs> Thank you so much in advance. I'll be sure that I'll be updating you both on the wins, obviously, that you'll be providing me. And, boys, I've just got to say, be here soon. Beautiful beige babies. I don't know what he asked. We didn't beat the storm. We beat the roosters. And and he sounded like a politician. Yeah. Don't you reckon? Yeah. Like, is that a press conference? Like, that was a pre-rehearsal. Australia is in the grips of. And I can't wait to tell you all how I turned this thing around. (laughs) You said a lot without saying anything there. And I don't even... Which is the, which is the mark of a dribbler. Oh, it's a, that was a fucking dribble. And, like, I got nothing against... It was just... I don't know where it started. Again, was he right. a, Did he even ask... Did he even ask for a tip? <laughs> I, don't I don't think know. he did. I don't think he did. He was like, I look forward to your advice. I'm like, bruh. My but advice would be to fucking... If you want to make money, cuz... <laughs> cuz. I'll tell you right now, New South Wales to win State of Origin at the end of the year is as safe a bet as you can make. Yep. If you want to turn your negative, I think I heard you say, into a positive, yeah, that's what I'd do. I'd, I'd, I'd stop speaking like a politician. It was quite draining. Yeah, it was. It was. That was a. That felt longer than it was. You know what I mean? Like time slowed down. Yeah, yeah. Cuz. G'day, Tom, Eddie, punters, and the dribblers. Just um, sitting here after a few afterwork beers watching the, on Fox Sport the virtual racing series for the Indy cars and supercars and shit like that. <laughs> Just saying what you boys what you boys think of it. Anyway, be soon. I haven't watched it. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I didn't watch any of it. I saw a couple of videos pop up and I just didn't want to I just I didn't I didn't watch them. You know what I mean? No. I don't know what to tell you. Well, like, so is it just guys, like, sitting in simulated car things? Or dr- I'm like pretty... Fucking- hey, look, this could be a huge Dior punters and dribblers. So don't jump on me if this is wrong. But I'm pretty sure a lot of professional drivers do simulation work. Like, a lot of it. Right. right. That makes sense. So I think that's what they're doing. Right. And racing each other. I don't know what they're racing for. For, like... For pride? Is it, for, is it competition? Is this, like... I don't think it's rubber stamped. Right, okay, so this isn't certified. I don't know. No, we don't know. I've, <laughs> I would have liked him to have given us a bit more information. Yeah, he look, assumed the knowledge there, which I guess is fair because we're a sports podcast. But also, he listened to the, he listened to the rules, mate, 90 seconds. That was, probably, that was 22 seconds. Yeah, but I don't think he thought he could get out. I don't know, I'm speaking for him. Yeah, right. So, Bruh, I haven't watched it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, though, dude.
Nah, not bad, not bad. I not mean, bad. it looks like a pretty fucking random event. Eddie, this one, 300 seconds. Fucking hell. How, I don't even know. What, what is that? Five minutes. G'day, Tom and Eddie. All the P's and D's out there. First time dribbler. Boys, I'm calling in from Kitchener Park in Gunnedah, one of the, uh, the great centres of rugby league excellence in the northwest of New South Wales, home of the mighty Gunnedah Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. Boys, just want to start by uh, paying my respects to Toddley. Um, sad to see him go, and, and may he grow that beard in solitude for the rest of his days. Uh, but also, boys, just want to say, like, all the power and hopes and dreams to the to the rugby league administration. May we get the Steedon back on the footy boot sometime in May. Uh, Project Apollo is looking really good, and yeah, looking pretty great. keen to see a bit of footy back on the TV. Looking great. Uh, I myself, as a as a red and blue Nova Castrian, hail Johns, hail Dearest, hail Gidley what Brothers. A fucking New South Wales. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, um, let the boys play. Everyone keeps their points. Um, and it's just good to see the Knights at the top of the table with Para. Oh. And um, while I'm at it, to be really honest, fuck the Roosters. Um, <laughs> they've been buying themselves premierships for too long, allegedly, yeah. Yeah. and they've got more brown paper bags in the tuck shop. So, quite frankly, uh, let the boys play. Everyone keeps their points. Um, and hail John, hail Badiris, hail Gidley. Boys, my main dribble uh, today is I'm, I'm down to the footy field and I'm just doing what most folks in isolation are doing and that's just reliving their under-18s glory days. Right. Down here just slotting twos, dawn till dusk. Down at Gunnedar Oval. Kicking and, um, down And got me thinking last night. Not much there. My question this week. Always kicking goals. What is the greatest ever is he calling kicking tee yes. in the rugby league universe? I've been kicking a lot of goals lately and I've just started thinking about, you know, maybe buying a few new ones to try out and look, there's obviously quite a lot in the history of rugby league. There's the uh, you know, Joey had one, Hazem had one. Um, all the all the pros these days are getting around the old green super tee that seems to be getting a run on the field. Yeah. You know, there was some also some absolutely terrible ones back in the day. I don't know if you remember the old um, Steedon brought out the old vertical red brick, which was an absolute dog shit kicking tee. I love this guy's. Um, and definitely. I think we also got to probably pay respects to the uh, not, one of the OGs, and that's enough. the old Bondi Sandcastle. Used to love seeing a bit of sand run out in the yeah. field. Clint Trafoski used to use it. Pat it Richards nice. used to use it. I, I, I've always thought like, is it the same bucket of sand every game? God, I don't know if the probably I don't not. know if the boys were superstitious. Maybe Pat Richards, you could reach out and. Let us know. Reach out, Pat. But, um, yeah, I just want to know what the greatest ever kicking tee was. My personal uh, submission into the in, into the mix was Michael DeVere's sharpshooter. Um, it was one of the... Fuck, what, what a kicking tee. The little black yeah. silicon number. Um, and, like, God, it was it was so good. About twenty two ninety five at Rebel. You might be able to get it cheaper at Amart. And I spent about four hours online last night trying to find one, and I could not buy one for the life of me, and I'm fucking bound. Surprised Mick DeVere's not such a um, kicking The Michael though. DeVere sharpshooter was such a good cooking, kicking tee that even even Joey used to use it. I, I can remember one day Joey spotted a 50-metre penalty goal against the Storm back at Marathon Stadium, and he, and he oh. definitely used the sharpshooter. So it was such a good kicking tee that not even he used it. So that, to me, is the goat of all-time kicking tees, the Michael DeVere sharpshooter. All right.
that was my main question for the week. Um, and then just a, a little secondary one oh, last yeah, week. <laughs> you boys are talking quite a lot about cornflake cookies. Oh, yeah. Fucking love a cornflake cookie. One of the great cookies that's come out of the uh, isolation baking Olympics that's happening right now. A lot of everyone's making banana bread or scones, nah. but good Yuck. to see someone going a bit weird and going a bit going a bit cornflake cookie. My question, um, my question, boys, with that cornflake cookie, was there sultanas? No, cut. Added into the recipe. <laughs> Mate. I myself. I fucking hate sultanas. Sultanas don't belong anywhere. Do sultanas, sultanas don't even like sultanas. Cookies, sultanas ruin fucking everything. So, I, yeah, I just wanted to find out whether in your cornflake cookie you had sultanas or if it was just a straight OG cornflake cookie. They're chocolate chips, um, bro. And I will happily, happily debate <laughs> the uh, use of sultanas yeah. in any kind of recipe, really. Okay. Well, that's it for me, boys. Oh, I'm going to go back to slot and twos. Yeah. Um, just absolutely nailing them out here. Um, there's absolutely nothing wrong with with my goals. I'm taking the two in clutch moments every 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 time out here. So, yeah. Too rude. Fuck me, dude. Look, it was <laughs> indulgent, but I didn't mind it because no. it was so fucking niche. Yes. Um, there was some good. There was some good like conversation starters within that drill. Yeah, there was a man that calls up who knows his tees back to front. Yeah. You got to respect that. Well, that's 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 elite level knowledge of kicking tees. It makes me wonder, Tom, as I get as you fix here, your fucking headphones. Yeah, it I makes s- me wonder why there isn't more chat around the kicking tee. You know what I and mean? And what tee they use? Well, what would you know? The only the only knock I've got against the kicking tee dribbler here, and what his fuck, and he's he's got such a well rounded sort of uh, breakdown of kicking tees. Mm. He left off the best one, which was Daryl Halligan's kicking tee. Daryl Halligan, one of the all time greats, the great, and his kicking, and he's coaching everyone that still kicks today. Daryl Halligan's kicking tee was the goat tee. In my opinion, I used to do a bit of kicking back in my early days, and he mm. is a young five eight, yep. 13s, under thirteens, under fourteens, A's, yep. A's, yep. Um, probably a good time to mention I did hit one from the sideline to, to draw a game on mm. full time. Mm. How long is this going to go? Is uh, this your? That was it. Okay. You know, like I'm just telling you, yeah, using yeah. the Daryl Halligan kicking tee, yeah, slotted one from the sideline. Uh, mate. Yeah, I think I think that it was remiss of him to leave that one off. Yeah. I, w- I was sitting there listening to that dribble thing to myself. Why don't you see more uh, like branded kicking tees? Like, you know, like maybe uh, team patterns on them. You They're could. always a bit bland, I find. Maybe they could do a bit more with them. They've got the, the lime green one at the moment, but that's a bit like... oh. That's kind of... They all just seem to be quite ubiquitous. You know what I mean? I Same think you, I think there's probably a bit of room to play around with the tee. Mm. Put some stickers on it if you want to be just not enough tea chat, tea no, rhetoric. There's not enough tea rhetoric, and I'm I'm man enough to admit I haven't been up as as up as I should be on yeah. the tea chat. Someone of your esteem, Eddie, that's right, minister for sport. I would say that if anyone's got a Michael Devere sharpshooter and they want to send in a photo, send it into us. I was oh, if you don't use it anymore, send it into well, us. It'd be nice to have a and we'll put it in the middle. Shooter on the desk. We well, need something to put the Glen Twenty on. Yeah. That'd be nice. Uh, and then to answer the the, the cornflake cookie question. Look, every time I make them to bring them in here for Fatso next to You've me... You've never fucking bought them in. No, well, mate, they go. They go like hotcakes. I can't make them quick enough to to meet demand. These things are unbelievable. No, I don't use sultanas. Sickos out there probably do. And to you, turn off. Don't listen. Yeah. Don't want to know you. No. 
Mate, again, milk chocolate. You get the, the Nestle. Yeah. You get the Nestle oh, choc yeah. chip. You like the choc chips. That You don't want the melts or anything rogue like that. Just the normal <laughs> little choc chips. Dark. I had darks the other day because I'd sold out of milk chocolates because everyone's bacon. Not as good. No. Not as good. Go milk. go milk. Go milk. Well, go that's milk. why they're sold out. You know, that's why you had to go dark. And do I know the recipe back to front now? Yeah, I do. Is it award-winning? Yeah, sure as shit it is. Is it a family recipe? Yeah. And are you going to release it? Are you going to tell the if people? If there's now? enough demand, well, if I'm there's. Saying, you could tell them now. No, if there's overwhelming demand for it, I'll release it. But okay. I've heard one bloke. You know what? You know what, Eddie? I actually, this is what we're going to do. We're going to do. We're going to film you making these cookies. For the P's and D's. For the P's and D's. If there's demand. No, no, no. We're going to do it. There's no, demand. There's, there, well, there needs to be. Okay. If I feel the love from the P and the D about, about Eddie's. What are they called? Cornflake cookies. Award winning cornflake biscuits. Biscuits or cookies? Cookie, uh, biscuits. Okay. Cornflake biscuits. Cornflake biscuits. Award winning. You won't, as soon as you make them, they'll be gone. That's how good they are. If there's demand for them. Is there any desire I'll just in terms of branding to call them cornflake cookies to tie into the alliteration side of things? Or is cornflake, you just can't change it? Cornflake biscuits. Cornflake cookies. I don't. Quite frankly, I don't really care. Okay, good. All I care about is the taste. Yeah, and the, the, the process. Yeah. Um, so, no, bro. No sultanas. Only sick fucks put sultanas and shit like that. P.S. If you put fruit in cakes, you're a fucking dog. Well, you've got no business making a cake in the first place, no. mate. Go and eat your fruit salad and, and fucking hang off. out by yourself, you <laughs> nerd. Yeah, enjoy solitude, you yeah. fucking loser. G'day, punters. <laughs> the dribblers. Uh, the Mally boy here. Uh, first, you talk a moment to uh, share my fellow spray rig operators in the northwest, leading up to what to be is a uh, promising planting season. With, uh, free for you. Oh, all right. Lost him. Lost him. Boys. Hunters. <laughs> the dribblers. Yes. The, uh, the Mally boy here. Thought up before and lack of what would be reception stops me short. Uh, first, I'd like to take a moment to shout out my fellow spray rig operators in the northwest. Spray rig. Uh, leading spray up to what to be is a promising planting season with uh, fruitful yields. Big hello to the Tasty Boys. Bit of nag raising. Um, got a few uh, tips off some reputable stone locals with pretty high contact in the racing industry. Uh, this uh, nag called Funstar. So I thought the race a few weeks ago, paying four dollars fifty would be a good little fucking bet. Shit the bed, shit the fucking bed. Yeah, and I'm not a man to give up on things too easily. So second race at Roseville Gardens, a dollar seventy-five. I, I then I then put a bit more fucking coin on it, and uh, not only did it shit the bed, it had a fucking prolapse, absolute prolapse of the thing. It was horrible. Anyway, what a rough week on the punt. Next week, a big Saturday coming up. See how we go. The next point, uh, this one's a bit more of a serious note. Uh, I was driving the uh, Porcelain bus this morning and was enlightened to an article explaining that uh, 11 former Wallaby captains got together and sent a letter of no confidence to uh, Rugby Australia. Uh, it might not be God's winter sport, but it sure is God's gentleman's sport. Rara out of this uh, letter was mostly directed towards Raylene Castle. Uh, time to get rid of it. And uh, she's fucked the sport. I don't know. 
your opinion, Bob and Eddie, but uh, enlighten me, if you will, and your two cents, but I think it's time to get some young throbbers in the headquarters. Someone by the likes of Drew Mitchell. <laughs> Not poke off the tree-hugging fuck. Uh, Barrick Barnes, bring him back. Yeah, True throbbers of the game. To be CEOs? Give the blokes a... Man, that looks like the reception got him again. I will say this firstly, and there has been some some elements of this dribble that have been edited out, punters dribblers, because it got a little bit hairy McClary. <laughs> I do find it a little bit unfair if I'm going to go batten for the Kiwi that is Raylene, that she's been in power for like fucking two years, three years, Dior, to be saying that she fucked the game. No, no, seems a little bit like you've forgotten about the fact we haven't won a Bledisloe since two thousand and three. Dior, two thousand two, two thousand two. Yeah, look, I mean, Raylene was given the impossible job. We've talked about that, about that before. I think that you need an out and out legit weapon sports administrator. We've talked about yeah, that before. Raylene's not a weapon. We talked about the captains on this week's pod, podcast. I'm not going to get into that, mate. I don't think that you'd be looking to, to Drew Mitchell, who. He's a friend of, friend the, show, of the show, and we love. I don't think he'd want the job, quite no. frankly. Beric Barnes, a lot of head knocks. Used to get migraines. I don't know. Does well, that... I mean, I just don't. Again, no proven history of, of sports administration. That's right. No proven history. Now, listen. Kernsey, you know, a lot of the dribblers like Kernsey. It they do. They're mad for him. Does that surprise anyone? No. No. Rugby union dribblers are a specific breed yeah, bro yeah they are and you can um, you can imagine that dribbler getting around a two-time world cup winner yeah and that's just that's it for that's them. it for them that's and i get need. that i'm just saying i think that not enough for us it's not enough for us uh shout out to all the spray rig operators obviously yeah of the, um, the mid northwest is that what he was saying far northwest uh obviously you've got a bumper season coming up big yields love that a lot of rain out there Love think, that. So again, shout out, shout out to it to our boys sitting. spraying rigs and operating them. That's right. Thanks, mate. Sorry about my lack of spray rig knowledge. What else you said? I don't know. Can't remember. No, but there was some. But punters and dribblers don't get too hairy. Well, listen. If you start saying sexist shit, we just cut it. We just cut it. No room for that. Uh, not to infer that you did, but you know what you said, spray rig operator. <laughs> Mally Bull. G'day, Tom and Eddie, all the P's and D's. Uh, I'm calling in, boys, from Gunnedah, oh, um, home of the Gunnedah Bulldogs, one Love of the great that. rugby league centres of excellence out here in the northwest. And, um, look, boys, I just wanted to call up uh, about something that was raised this week. Um, bit of a, This is not so much a credit where credit's due, but uh, a definite two-hour, 60-minute-style tribute to one of the greatest set of films of all time, and that is the Three Ninjas films. Yes. Uh, boys, these films absolutely rocked when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and I'm just going to go through briefly the the, the, the the sequence of films. For any of those out there who haven't seen it, um, Me. the Three Ninjas films are right up there with one of the greatest snubs for an Oscar <laughs> of all time. Oscar snub. Uh, boys, so we've got Three Ninjas kicked back. This is where the boys went to Japan to rescue their sacred dagger. Um, used to love that. Used to love that one as a as a as a kid. Uh, there was three ninjas knuckle up. Yeah. That's where the boys use their ninja powers uh, to save a, a sacred Indian burial ground in America um, from a noxious waste dumpage, um, which I think, you know, a fairly a very early comment on climate change. And I think we've got to give a credit where credit's due there for a, a children's film in 1995 to be tackling such such issues. 
um, is you know, definitely needs to be applauded. Right. Uh, also, uh, shout out Captain Planet. Uh, what an OG for the environment. Um, and then finally, the jewel in the crown in the Three Ninjas films. Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain. Um, this film starred none other than the great Hulk Hogan. In fact, Hulk Hogan's pretty much the, the whole crux of, this, of the film. The Three Ninjas just sort of play like an auxiliary role. Um, this film was awesome. Picture this, three, three young throbbers just running about a, um, a theme park, um, you know, using their karate skills against baddies. Like, <laughs> baddies. what a fucking awesome film. <laughs> Crooks. Um, this film alone basically made me sign up to my local Taekwondo club because there was nothing better when you were about 10 years old than having a yellow belt in Taekwondo. Uh, so, yeah, I guess just did. really need a uh, tribute to the, uh, the Three Ninjas films for just being fucking awesome. And all the P's and D's need to get out there and watch it. Uh, boys, I just want to finish up with a question. Um, so this one's going on the on the dribbler hotline. Um, we're back on May 28. Admins delivered. Let the boys play. Footy season's come back. Uh, boys, I just want to ask, you know, been a bit of a long off season. A lot of the players probably spent a bit too much time on the old PlayStation, probably given Uber Eats a bit of a run. Um, I want to know, boys, which player in the NRL do you reckon is going to absolutely Dave Taylor it and come back all sorts of out of shape, all sorts of... Uh, not fit to play. Um, I reckon in a few games in, there's going to be a pretty high-profile profile benching of someone who just has not taken the, the off-season prep seriously. And I just want to know who's your prediction for that's going to be. Um, other than that, um, thanks for the letting me call up. And, um, yeah, bloody everyone this weekend needs to watch a bit of Three Ninjas. Thanks, boys. Cheers, brah. Now, as I said, Eddie, I wasn't lying when I spoke so glowingly of the three ninjas. Now, and I wouldn't have expected you to. No, I haven't seen the one with Hulk Hogan, and that to me was shocking. Didn't realise that there was like a three ninjas at Splash Mountain feet Hulk Hogan. That's pretty badass, and I will be doing my best to uh, consume that over the next seven days. Uh, also loved his use of the term baddies, because I think that's the way that, young, that we all used to describe the bad guys, mm. goodies and baddies. Yeah. Good and bad. That was a nice little nostalgic moment for Dark me. Dark and light. But I think you and the punter and the dribbler out there need to do your utmost. Even just see one. I'd say the Indian burial ground, uh, toxic waste Good one. Place so to that's, start. I reckon that's the second one. But to be honest, you can you can't go wrong. I'd you, say though, you got to you got to watch one and two before you watch the Hulk Hogan Splash Mountain one. What I found myself doing <clears throat> at the halfway point of that dribble was thinking about Captain Planet and the theme song. Captain Planet, he's a hero. He's going to take, take pollution, pollution down to zero. I don't, don't know the know next the rest. bit. But I, what's he, what's I the, can't get it out of my head. What's the bad guy called? Was he Pollution? Captain Pollution? I don't think so. But it was Because then, then it was like, take pollution down to zero. The power is yours. I don't reckon I've watched Captain Planet in... 20 over 20 years hold on bro let's not fuck the p's and d's here let's just get the theme tune up captain planet theme song what's it, what was it, what did he ask as a question while you do that fuck if i know what he asked as a question i can't remember oh. Earth, fire yeah. water wind water hot Combined, I am Captain Planet. Captain Planet, he's a hero. 
bad guys who like to loot and plunder. You can be one too, cause saving our planet is the thing to do. Looting and polluting is not the way. Hear what Captain Planet has to say. The power is yours. Dude, what a track. Dude, that's a track. Whoever's doing the Fucking the, track the main vocals there is... Oh, it is professional. That's elite stuff. That's class. That is class. Yeah, Captain Planet was a, was an absolute track of a show. Um, let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah, g'day, boys. Uh, SK here, first time dribbler. Um, just really enjoying uh, the calls in these uncertain times. Just wanted to uh, shout out a couple of weeks ago, those dribblets made an excellent point. I'm a Roosters fan, but they pointed out Orbo, absolute legend, three-time premiership winner. But I just want to point out someone else. Um, Roosters have had such a uh, rich history in the utility department, and that's someone you know, I'd love to get your opinion on is, is Chris Flannery, a Queenslander, but, mm. God, what a utility he was. And uh, Dior this, but I think he actually started an origin game at half or five-eighths for the Maroons. You know, a little bit of a dire time for them, but... God, for a utility, that's pretty good. And I don't know, just thoughts on Flannery. Um, didn't win as many premierships as Orbo, but um, yeah, mighty fine player on his own right. Um, just something else. I mentioned Scotty James, and I think he's part of a sort of a three-way friendship with two of the great throbbers of, of this modern era, and that's the big Stoin, Marcus Stoinis and um, Daniel Ricciardo, two Perth boys absolutely tearing it up in WA. Love to know what they're doing in um, in isolation, but God, absolute robbers, Stoinis and Ricardo. If you're not giving them a follow on on Insta, make sure you do great great entertainment there. But keen to get your thoughts on those boys as well. But um, yeah, Flannery, absolute legend, did for East in the early 2000s, and um, beers hopefully very very soon. Thanks, bra. Look, I'll say this. You got to be a Roosters fan to give a fuck about Chris Flannery. Chris Flannery not on Orbo's level. No. And you know, I'm man enough to come on this podcast, Tom, of which I own, yeah. and 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 give credit to Orbo where credit's due. Yes. He's one of the great utilities all time, but Chris Flannery? Nah, bro. Chris Flannery was a great player. Look, he played Origin, never played for Australia as far as I'm aware, and played in a good Roosters side. But I just I mean Chris Flannery, it would be like Trying to say that, like, you know, uh, Aiden Guerra is one of the greatest back rowers of all time. It's like, listen, Guerra was great. In fact, Guerra is better than Flannery, probably. Played Origin. That's probably unfair to Guerra. Australia. Yeah, it probably is unfair to Guerra, to be honest. Just trying to think of someone like a Roosters back rower. Flannery was good. Think of someone mediocre. Well, no, because he played Origin. So he was good. But, like, in that. Yeah, a mediocre rep player. Yes. Yeah. A mediocre rep player was Chris Flannery, but he was still a good player. Yes, I get it. He's certainly not even close to the conversation for great utilities. No, he's not goat utility. No. Uh, Ricardo, yeah. He's a throbber. Stoinis, sure. I think... I think. What's what, he saying? Are they, are they, they, are they great like, Australians? No, I think they just have like a little bit of a... A like bromance. A three-way bromance uh, on Instagram. Sure. Yeah, I saw Scotty James and, and Ricardo do something the other day. Yeah, but it looked all... like an ad, and I was like, I'm not watching that. No, look, they're not, but I don't know. But it's also like, yeah, cool. 
Cheers, bro. G'day, Tom. G'day, Edward. G'day to the punters and the dribblers. This is Joshy Boy calling in. Uh, been stuck in quarantine and just having a quick thought. Is Lloyd Takiri 2014 possibly the best signing of all time? Uh, injury plagued at the Tigers on his return from, from Union. Um, comes in, scores a bucket load of tries. I don't know how many. I think it's about 15 odd. Uh, and South ended up winning 2014. And uh, actually who had a better comeback from Union to League, whether it was Dell, uh, Big Dell or Lottie himself. I actually saw Big Dell once uh, made uh, State, I forget what it was, fucking Balmain knockout state level mm. with yeah. primary school. Right. And Big <laughs> Dell was there coaching his son. Okay. Uh, his team ran straight through us. But yeah, okay. anyway... Tell us what you think. Which one you think's better? Well, Me, personally, Lottie Kiri, best of all time. 15 tries in the season. Greatest winger of all time. Greatest South winger of all time. And, yeah, yeah be soon. Shit. Cheers, boys. Uh, listen, I think Lottie's return to rugby league better than Dell's. Yes, but he, I don't, he came. He played for Australia again. Is it the greatest signing of all time? Fuck no, no it's, it's not. not. No, not it's even not. Close. Is he the greatest greatest winner of all time? No, no. Is he? Well, no, he's not the greatest winger of all time. He's one of the greatest Wallabies wingers of all time, no doubt. And he's, you know what? He's definitely in the conversation for one of the greatest rugby league wingers of all time. But he's not the greatest. He's not the greatest. Wendell probably is the greatest. He's close. But and I'd say, but he's definitely in the conversation. Controversial of- opinion for greatest winger of all time, and this is me. I, Brett Morris to me, is one of the greatest fucking wingers I've ever seen. Brett Morris is a freak. He's a freak. And I feel like he played in a transitional period where it was like wingers did one thing and then Brett Morris started doing some shit and wingers were doing other things. I'm not saying he's the best at any of the stuff that he does, but he was this transitional winger where... But he gets the job done, Tom. But he's but not just gets the job done, he does some flip shit, or at least he did. And he could play fullback and he was good. Brett Morris is one of the goats for me, but... And I fucking hate every team he's played for. Um, except for New South Wales and Australia, obviously, P's and D's. But uh, look, firstly, or again, no, Lottie is not even close to the greatest signing of all time. In fact, that comment deserves a clipping. Um, did he play well for Souths in 2014? Sure. Was he, would they have won without Lottie on the wing? Yeah, bet. Yeah. Yeah, they had a couple of uh, boys that I probably think had more of an impact that year. Are we starting with yeah. Greg Inglis? Uh, Sam Burgess. Yeah, yeah. Reynolds, Keery. Yeah, yeah. Ben Teo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, fucking, and a million other people. Ben Teo was such a motherfucker, bro. Ben Teo was a hard man. He was such a motherfucker. Oh, he, he, he's a big loss when he left the game yeah. in rugby league, I think. Yeah, and he went and actually killed it at Of course he did, bro. Yeah. He's a handful, yeah. mate. Yeah, he is a rugby league handful. He's a fucking handful. He did, mate, he did well for England. Yeah. Really well. Yeah. Mate, Ben Teo is a gun. Yeah, yeah, big gun. They, uh, not bit, often, not not talked to about enough. I don't think Ben, ben Teo. Well, if you leave early, sometimes you know that'll fuck you in rugby league conversation. Well, Carmichael Hunt, Beric Barnes. Yeah, Carmichael was Carmichael was a gun when he left. Carmichael was one of Carmichael kept Billy out of the fucking Queensland fullback. What a shame he left. Do you remember what that a motherfucker? Sh- what a shame. Do you remember Carmichael would run the ball back with sort of like CTE intensity, where it was like. He did not give a shit what happened reading, to him on the other end. There was that was on socials somewhere the other day. Someone was talking about Carmichael just being like full kamikaze, just running. That could have been straight. on the P's and D's page even. It was somewhere. Best fullbacks. It was somewhere. Carmichael was a sicko. Yeah, in Carmichael a good way. in a good way. And he had a mad step on him, but he would run like mm. he'd run it straight, and sometimes get absolutely. Do you reckon? Pumped. Do you reckon up? Is he still at the Reds or has he moved overseas now? Uh, I think he's overseas. 
Do you reckon he just goes, oh, wish I'd stayed in the great game of rugby league? He certainly never returned to any height after he left rugby league. It was, but you know what? I mean, like, he's still, like, he never made international rugby league, though, did he? But he's still, like, a three-code star, if that's something he wanted to do. He just had some fucking problems late with, you know, getting caught doing bags. Which, again, I don't think makes you a bad person. I, I respect him for trying to have a full-on crack at AFL. Yeah. Full like, of, he had a full crack. He was yeah. there for, like, four or five years. Yeah, he kicked goals. He kicked a goal. To win the game. That's pressure, dude. Yeah. Kicking a game-winning goal. I remember reading something about him being like, he's, like, he's becoming legit. Like, a legit midfielder. Yeah. Like, he used to get, he used to rack up possessions, deal, 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 Rack deal. up. Like, but... Poor choice well, of words. Yeah, look, it was. But maybe it's telling. Anyway, that's the dribble. Let's move on. Shout out to whatever the fuck that guy spoke about. Can't remember. Fuck, he left too. G'day, oh. fellas. It's Joshy Boy calling back again. Um, Joshy Boy. Just wanted to note, it's been brought to my attention, that when we played in that State Cup and we saw the great uh, Wendell Saylor, the great Ironside, I believe, was actually in my team. Um, look, I don't know whether those games laid the foundation for both Ironside and I think it would have been Tristan Saylor, but I think it's highly likely. And I think that's probably my biggest brush with Lame. Ironside. See, I think Ironside's reached a point now where he is Ironside to lay the pipe and for Tristan Saylor. Is that what he's saying? The no, brush with Lame is with so, yeah. No, that's Cheers what I'm boys. saying. Cheers. Because obviously know, that, that State Cup... Oh, do you know? Sorry. The State Cup yarn was obviously old before it began. Look, um, calling back... To double down on your brushes with lame at the state cup, unnecessary. Super unnecessary. That was that was a waste of my time. But I do like the fact that Ironside was mentioned, and Ironside I do believe now is uh, the the great. I wouldn't say I'd say the famous. He's certainly famous in P's and D's circles. Well, that's what we're talking about. I don't think Ironside yet deserves a callback. <laughs> no, no, unless it's a brushes with lame. I'd love a brushes with lame like someone who doesn't know Ironside. Who's like, I just saw Ironside. Yeah, yeah. You can call back about that. Yeah. But he wasn't doing it. Because he is a plumber Ironside and I often often DM him when I've I've had some plumbing. I know. Jobs. I look at I mate, every time I see Ironside's inbox in our inbox, I'm like, you've got another plumbing related issue. <laughs> I'm hitting him up for plumbing advice. Dude, he has good advice. He does. He actually offered to come over and fix it. I know. It. I respect you for saying no. Yeah, dude. I'm not going to fuck it. Well, I don't know. Well, I could have. <laughs> the thing could've. is, I could have. You fucking hope you could have. But I didn't because I'm not a piece of shit. But shout out to Ironside for offering. And you know what? Maybe I will take you up on that offer one day, bruh. G'day, fellas. Uh, big cheese here. Big cheese, if you may. Um, a bit longer than so 90 seconds. But it's got a little big love song I've written for St. Peter Volandi. So if you don't mind, I'll just get straight into it. No, I don't mind. Oh, what's he done? Is this a Let's song? Let's start that again. I think we watched our game get shut down. I got to start this again, Big Cheese. The world. Young. Big Cheese, I got to give you the respect you deserve here, bro. If you're fucking making a song, we'll just cut that out then. No, no, no. We'll leave it in. I fucked up. Okay. I'm I fucked just, up. I'm just thinking the length of podcast. It's a matter of seconds here. Okay. G'day, fellas. Uh, Big Cheese here. Big Cheese, if you may. Um, Bigger. A bit longer than 90 seconds, but it's got a little love song I've written for St. Peter Volandi, so if you don't mind, I'll just get straight into it. Straight into it. We watched our game get shut down As the virus spread the world We only got to see two rounds Not really sure what the future holds 
It's been an age since we've seen live rugby league games played on the screen. Since Peter came in and put his bags down, there was something holy in the air. The Son of Christ just got the job done. And my depression's disappeared, and my happiness slowly creeping back. It won't be long till footy's back on. I started sinking tins. Please don't change the date from May 28. It seems an age since we've seen live rugby league games played on the screen. I don't mind these old throwbacks. But fucking hell, it's not the same. Since Peter came in and put his bags down, there was something holy in the air. I'm sorry, Cuddly, but you're done. Our Lord and Savior's reappeared, and my happiness is slowly creeping back. It won't be long till Forty's back on. I started sinking tins. Waiting for the date, May 28. Yeah, you guys get the idea. Um, probably should have spent more than minutes practicing that, but cheers, boys. Uh, beers and bamboo schooner soon. Thanks. Big cheese. He wrote his, you know what? That name will stick. Mate, I respect someone that calls a Jibla hotline and fucking sings the- their own song. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Mate, a- Big cheese, just so you know. Bernard Fanning, huge fan of the show. Bernard Fanning's a huge fan. Now, Bernard, if you wanna if you wanna call in and and give your two cents on the yeah. rendition, yeah, yeah. I think personally it was an ode to the great the great game of rugby league, an ode to St Peter, and an ode, and an to, ode you. to Powderfinger and Bernard Fanning, and you know everything they were able to. Achieve a lot of synergy there, bro. It was that nice. was that was beautiful. So I think the it was big great. cheese. Great dribble there, bro. Creativity, honesty, raw. I'd be sending that to the NRL. Yeah. That could be the start of the season. Yeah, yeah. You could maybe sing that at the opening game on May 28th. Well, they're letting fucking Dale Finucane sing songs. I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't let the Big Cheese have a crack. For mine, Tom, Big Cheese better than Dale. Oh, no doubt. So, I think it's a no-brainer. That was fun. That That was was fun. Uh, this we got four dribbles here from one dribbler. So four, yeah. Fuck. This is indulgence personified. Are they like fifteen seconds each? Uh, I don't know. First one fifty-eight seconds. Second one twelve seconds. Third one forty-nine seconds. Fourth one seventy-four seconds. Oh my god! I don't know what the maths is on that, but it's overtime. G'day, punches and. Uh, who? I am. I'm doing Um, this is not two points. Playing Castle, best fucking thing. The fucking year show. We can't hear it. We can't hear it. We move on to the second one. Uh, look, the OCM. Um, we we worried about. Oh, this this nah. is big tasty nah. vibes here. This guy's fucking cooked. Nah, two bigger pauses. All right, this third one. Punches and dribbles. Welcome, welcome to my wheelhouse. My wheelhouse. It's delicious and delicious. Anyway, 
Good luck for you working in um, Sydney and being amongst as you want to do. Um, anyway, what do you think? Who do you reckon? Who do you reckon? Like, the King J is a good lad. Nah. Can't hear you, bro. Can't hear you. Final one. You're blind. Yarns, yarns, yarns. This is all we need. We need yarns. Yes. Okay. Can you hear his hiccup? Drama you want, drama you get. Hold on, hold on. Let me get okay. back to that motherfucker. Listen to this. Yarns, yarns, yarns. This is all we need. We need yarns. Okay. <laughs> drama you want, drama you get. Drama you want, drama you get. Do you want drama? We'll go drama. <laughs> there is um, fucking Davy B Shot Warner with TikToks. Why did he do TikToks? Surely his daughters were like, oh yeah, let's do that. Let's fucking fair justice. But we're all in fucking isolation now, brother. So it doesn't matter. Any of that, any of you, any of that. So anyway. <laughs> That's Australia. Australia run 135 for five. So, <laughs> good one. Thanks, thanks. Thanks, thanks. But, King Zuba is will always be the king. <laughs> will always be the king. Yep, yep. Bye bye. No. The Hiccup Dribbler. The Hiccup Dribbler. Holy shit. That was fantastic. He had. He's the most pissed caller we've had. <laughs> Easily, he bro. Right. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's been more drunk than the Hiccup Dribbler. Like, unfortunately, the first couple, the, the audio was no good. Worth it. Worth it to get to the Hiccups. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy we persevered for the Hiccups. That was hilarious. The, um, hiccup dribbler, the Hiccup Dribbler. That was fucking funny. You, mate, he had had a rugby league skin <laughs> for mates. He was... Barely conscious. <laughs> I love that despite the fact that he was so maggot, we could still make out that he was dirty at Dave Warner for his scat TikTok. Yeah, yeah, that, I, that resonated. You don't have no amount of alcohol is going to stop someone from being able to get that point across. Dave Warner, fuck the TikToks off, bro. Uh, that was fantastic. The hiccup dribbler. Now we go to our next dribbler. This is an audio email that was sent through because he couldn't get the dribbler hotline. Chris Ingate sounds like the brother of. Mate, that's the that's the brother of King of the Dribblers. Right, so this is like the Prince Harry. This is Prince Harry of the King Dribbler family of the Dribbler world. Yeah, yeah. Of <laughs> the Dribbler world. G'day, the fellow P's and D's. This is a international dribbler calling. Long time listener, first time. Dribbling to the hotline. I've probably been dribbling, you know, a while, as some might know. <laughs> but I was listening to y'all incredible, you know, episode by the pool after smoking a willer. <laughs> and there was a few relatable dribbles that fucking speak, speak to my mind and sparked a lot of, lot of interest. One... The shout-out dribble to all the Billy Smokers out there was obviously straight up an OG. <laughs> Two, the KD dribble with Big Tasty is a hilarious battle, which I think needs to continue in terms of a good, healthy competition. Unlikely. It needs to 
inflict no foul play. You know, there's no malice involved. It's just a healthy sport between a, a KD and a, another dribbler. If Big Tasty has not been but cited. But one of the main things that I related to was the, the call out of those dribblets yes. who were yarning about the Famous Orbo and I think something else from up north. But the question to you, Tom and Eddie, is your two companions, your beautiful partners that you have by your side, are not, by the sounds of it, actual dribblets because they haven't called in and yarned, but they let you do so many incredible things with this show, especially you, Tom, having a kid. You know, they allow you to dribble to the John's show, the, the Origin 2. They allow you to come in and yarn with each other. They allow you to produce the caps. And I think they're the true heroes of this show to allow our true kings to, to produce. So the question is, do you mind just spinning all of our P's and D's a yarn about your relationships with your, with your partners? Uh, cheers, international dribbler CC Ingate from Austin, Texas. Good question, Shit. bro. Good question. Good question. Yeah, look, uh, Ella, my dribblet, although she's not a dribblet. Call her a dribblet. For the OGs, for the OGs, they'll know that she's been on two episodes. Yes. That's for the true OGs out there. I think she did pretty well. They were some of our biggest steps back they, in the day. Mate, the one she came on was our biggest one for mm. a while. Yeah. Won't release numbers. Again, they're tightly guarded, the <laughs> yes, analytics. They are. But look, she's, uh, she's not the biggest dribbler anymore. She doesn't really listen to them. No. Although Steph, I think, does. My dribblet has started listening to them. Stephanie, mother of my child, uh, she has started listening to a few of them when she goes for a walk with Evie. She uh, Is that since you've had a kid? Uh, yeah, probably. I think it's more like she doesn't listen to shitloads of podcasts anyway, and obviously, you know, our, uh, our success crosses all genders, <laughs> all 85 genders, and... So she obviously enjoys it. But, I mean, you look, you met Ella when? How old were you? We met at Bathurst. University. So we went to uni at Bathurst, Tom and I, if you didn't know that. Now you do. Uh, we met at Bathurst. So, you know, there was a bit of flirting going on. There's a bit of back and forth. Like, probably at the end of the year, I think it was like end of September, into our first year on campus. We are in the same dorm, from memory, C2. She was already D2. With the, wasn't D2. she with another man? C2, D2, Heath. Yeah, at the start. Yeah, I'm talking about at the end, uh, bro. Oh, yeah, sorry. Gotcha. So then there's a lot of flirting going on. Like, she ended with this guy, and then I'd hit her up on Facebook inbox. I hope you're okay. Like, oh, you know, you need anything. Nice. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. And then there was love in the air, blah, 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 back and <laughs> forth. And then one night, you, me, and Hamish actually in Hamish's room got up to a bit of no good, like, set us on our way for a big night, if yeah. you remember. Red Bulls. Yeah. In a specific way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I remember. Yeah. I remember. Anyway, so we're just flirting and shit. And then she's, I've gone, I've got to get money out at the ATM. She's like, I'll come with you. And then she's, she's bailed me up at the ATM and that's how it started. Get out of here. Yeah, there yeah. you go. And ATM then ATM hook up. And then ATM ever since. hook up, bro. Yeah, yeah. So we're Fuck. going strong. There you go. Well, we're going real And love her. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. She's Fantastic good. girl. She just could listen to more episodes. Yeah, sure. Her old man listens. Her sister listens. And Ella doesn't. I think, I think both sisters are. Have listened to an episode. Ruby listens. Shout out to the girls. Ruby listens. Nicola, I think the mum listens. But Ella. Ella, the only one in the fucking family. My whole family listens, except my dad, but he's not that tech savvy. And, you know, there's one missing piece here. Shout out here, to right? the Simpson family as well. One missing piece here. My one sister listens every week. And I'm like, mate, Ella. Sup, Amelia. Come on. Uh, well, that's fantastic. Steph met when I was 19. 
Eddie and I, despite the fact that clearly we're fucking sexual beings and we're Lotharios and we're follically gifted and we got beards from God, we're very, you know, straight up and down guys here. Not big rutas, you no, could say. Not anymore. Not anymore. We got taken off the, the market the off the carousel, off the sushi train, if you will, of life. And now no one could pick our plate up. And so Steph and I met when we were nineteen. Uh, I was nineteen, she was still in high school. Of a legal age, punters, dribblers. She was 17, 18, Dior. Uh, and then we were together for ages. We then broke up for a year and a half. And this was a few years in, maybe like three years in. We were about to go on a holiday with Eddie yeah. and Ella and Hamish, a friend of the show, and his fiancée now, Carly. And Steph dumped me like two weeks before we left. I'll never Ticket forget purchase. it. I'll never forget it. I was driving through the Harbour Tunnel, punters and dribblers, and I get a call from Tom and he's in tears. I was. And he's like, well, I'm not. He goes, well, look, I'm not coming to Bali anymore. <laughs> Steph's dumped me and it was fucking tragic. It was a tough Because I love Steph. Me and Steph have been friends before Tom were. Exactly. Yeah, well, you and Steph were friends before. Yeah, I exactly. And so I was like, Devo, like that's scat. And then obviously we had this big trip planned. And so then you went with friend of the show, Luke Bracey, of, of well, Nerds fame. Well, I, I had to re... Luckily, Bracey was going with his fucking entire family, and I just kind of parachuted into their holiday. But I was this, like, broken... I was like fat. A, I was like a fat lamb with a broken leg, and Bracey's out there just picking you up should have just been put down, really. Put out of your shot. misery. I should have been shot. And I'd go out... I remember... Dude, that was so funny. I went out to... We went out, like, clubbing in Bali with Bracey. <laughs> And I, it was like my favorite story, bro. degrees, and I was, it was so hot, and I've overdressed. Like I've been out of the game for so long, yeah, you know. Yeah. When you, for any punter and dribbler who's had a long-term partner, and then they've broken up, and then you try and get back out there, it takes a while. You don't just fucking go back out there and kill it. And it was like, unless you look crazy, unless you look crazy. I went out in long pants and a long linen shirt to like one of the bars in Cooter and Bracey's just in like thongs and a t-shirt. How did he not pull you up? He wanted to have a giggle probably. <laughs> probably, dude. We get there. The sec literally within five minutes of us getting there, he picked up and then for four or five hours, <laughs> I was walking around by myself in pants and a long shirt sweating my ass off in a Balinese nightclub like a big fat loser and did you go sit on the toilet I went and sat on the toilet <laughs> I went and sat on the toilet to pass time of course that's what I mean that's what because it was like well I don't have anyone to talk to right now and Bracey's macking on with some fucking hot Estonian chick so I spent some time on the fucking toilet and then I just walk around I don't know I got hammered I just got fucking I just why didn't you go off. home Mate, Bali, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And I was smashed. I don't know how to get home. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that and was you, and, and part of you was like, you never know who's, who's well, around the corner. You're never going to bloody... I mean, I'm doing my best here. Yeah. I looked like Fogel in fucking <laughs> Superbad when he walks out in like a vest and a big shirt. It was a, it was tragic. And then I passed out on there like... They, they were staying in a villa and I passed out in the outdoor furniture area. I think it was the last night we were there. And I fell asleep in the outdoor furniture area. I never had to get up the next day and clean the house before we left. And no one woke me up. So I was, they cleaned around me as I was there, like just this fat slob with no shirt on. Were you in your undies? No, I was in pants and I had my oh shirt my off. God. It was tragic. And that was Steph. Did and then you got Barley Belly on the way home. And then I got Barley Belly as I was walking to the airport and I shit for nine hours on the flight. So that was all Steph's fault. That's all Steph's fault. Uh, but Steph's fantastic. She's hilarious. 
Uh, her and Ella are good friends, which is lovely as well. It is. It's um, very nice. And we're both very, very lucky guys. Steph is a fantastic mother to little Evie. As we said last week, she is the playmaker. I am the truck it up, fella. <laughs> I'm the truck it up, man. Uh, but we're both incredibly lucky. And she dumped me before we went to Bali. And it still fucks me up. <laughs> I haven't been back to Bali. <laughs> and I have a fear of planning holidays. Uh, but great dribble there, KD's brother, KD Jr. Younger Chris. brother. So the young prince, you could call him. Yeah, Prince Harry of the, of the dribbler world. Fuck, we got a few to go. Have we been indulgent with the dribbles? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what this is about, though, isn't it? Yeah. It's a it's a chance for us. To, it's it, it, it's as much of yeah, a lads. chance for us to meet you as big Marshy. Yeah. With uh, the big, big L, Lanchini. Just wanted to put a big shout out for the Panthers. Oh my God! The dribblers. Respect. Out there. That's two of them. When you've rocked up to a trough in the club and your mate's rocking a screw in the glass and you know you're rocking a shot glass, you just know it down the side, what's the etiquette? Do you pull up next to him? Do you leave a space in between? Or do you just enjoy that much? We just want to know. Be soon. I mean, look, I think if your mate's packing a schooner, I can say now, Eddie, publicly to the pun and dribbler, I'm not a, I'm not a schooner man. But we all know who's... Well, you know who the schooner men are. You know are. who the schooner guys are. If you're good mates, you'll know who the schooner guy is. Yeah. And I think it's play on because you, you already know, yeah. right? What I would say is if you're a shot if you're a shot glass guy, you've, you've still got to man up and go to the trough. Yeah, you, you, can't you can't fuck off to the stalls, you bro. You can't piss off. That's weak. The stalls. That's beta stuff. You've you got to live your life. You've got to man up and just and just take ownership of what, you, what you've been given and get on with the job. Get on with your life. Now, if you want to straddle up next to a mate with his, who's got a schooner glass on the go and, and, and have a bit of a giggle and, you know, and, and marvel at it and maybe, you know. Yeah, to get a photo with it. Yeah, get around it. I mean, each to your own. You're not going to do that every time you go to no. the chop. I think that would get pretty old pretty quick. I've found that the, the schooner glass men get ripped on, and I mean, not in a negative sense, but they get, certainly in my friendship group, the schooner boys, if we've got a couple, I reckon, uh, it's brought up almost fucking every time there's it a is. conversation there's, about it. There's a couple of schooner guys that we know. There's a couple of them that love to get out the schooner glass, yes. and there's a couple that don't. Now, there's probably a little bit more honour in the schooner glass that, that is like an on, like a... That's hidden. That's hidden, but everyone knows, brings it out like basically just for trough stuff, but everyone knows and marvels mm. at the schooner glass. Well, he needs two hands at the trough, yeah. so you, I mean, you start you to can, work it out pretty quick. You start to work quick. it out, yeah. But then you've got your schooner guys who love to bring it out. Nothing wrong with that, but it just takes a bit of the mystique away from the schooner, I'd say. Oh, a lot more mystique removed, yeah. for sure. For sure. Look, I, mate, play, play it as you see it, mate. Play yeah. it as it lies. But you know don't I mean? go to the, the, so, but don't go to the don't stall. Don't go to the stalls. That's the only advice I can provide. Yeah. If you're a stall guy, you're, you're a, it's obvious. You know what I mean? You can spot a stall guy going to the stall. Yeah. Oh, and, unless you're, you... And know, if you have to be a stall guy, like if you have to be a stall guy, shut the door. Oh, if you're still going with the door open, then you're an absolute that's, sicko. That's At least what I'm talking about. Create the that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. That's you, you. that's actually the worst. If you're a still guy with the door open, isn't it? Cause it's like, and there is like a bay of empty troughs, and one schooner standing there. Yeah, yeah. Don't run from a schooner. Run towards one. You got to run directly towards. You've got to run flat chat at a schooner. Because let's be honest, most of us aren't schooners, right? Most. So you got to run at the schooner. Got mate, but also schooners. 
a delicious beer. No, there's nothing wrong with a schooner of both varieties. Yeah, yeah, a schooner of beer or a, or a or a schooner or a schooner. So you know, don't be afraid of them. No, they're so not going to hurt you. They're not. They're not going to bite. Well, they might. They can hurt you, but you know, depends what racket you're into, though. <laughs> Look, good just, question. Just Great. run at it. Good question. <laughs> you're like, oh, oh. where's this going? Yeah. Um, I got to piss. Yeah, I'll piss with you. Alrighty, we got 19 to go. Jesus Christ. We're halfway. Yeah. All right, let's do it. Hey, boys. It's uh, Doobie and Dribble Half here from uh, in Brisbane. I'll keep this one to a short dribble. Fellas, um, do yourself a favour and get on to KO at the moment and watch a little documentary on Dan Carter called Dan Carter, the Perfect Ten. Now, boys, if that doesn't put lead in your pencil, I don't know what will. Dan Carter, mate. The best fly half to ever play the game. Best goal kicker I've seen in my time. Yeah, fellas. I'm, I'm sure you will probably cover it, but um, just like to get your thoughts. Cheers, fellas. Be soon. Well, look, haven't seen it, but will. I'll look at it. Mate, haven't seen it, but sounds absolutely tremendous. Yeah, for mine, the best fly half to ever do it. Yeah. Calling it the perfect 10 That's nice. when he's also a honeypot yeah. is... It just works on all levels. It makes me want to watch it more because I'm like, whoever made this knows what they're doing. Yes, that's it. I can ba- I can believe in what these people are doing because clearly they've got... No, because they get the big picture, They get it. They get the big picture. Yeah. Mate, tremendous. And when I've seen it, I'll dribble about it. Yeah. But appreciate the, uh, the intel. No, I love it. Absolutely love it. All right, let's roll. Two dribbles from this gun. Yeah, hey, boys. It's um, Nils over Nova Kastrian. A sober Nilsoda Nil- Novocastrian, actually. It's um, what time is it? It's eight thirty on a Saturday morning. Um, I just want to give a quick shout out to the punters. <laughs> the dribblers. Just want to quickly say, um, Jesus Christ, very disappointed that um, on the latest podcast that my um, my dribble was not brought to air. So. Yeah, you can explain to the to the public what it was all about, but I'm sure everyone knows what Nilso the Novi Castrian was going to say. But, um, in the third yeah, just probably beers never for the next week, but oh. I'll be back. I'll get over it. Nilso, who you fucking think this That's is, mate? Thing. Nilso, uh, listen. Unfortunately, Nilso, people do know what it is that you're calling about, and I mean, at some point. Five minutes of Kirk Gidley rhetoric. On a questionable audio from memory. On questionable audio is going to be difficult to fly, son. But now that we've got the Dribblers Only podcast, you can have your time in the sun. Yeah, but also like, you know, think back to like Sultana Man or Hiccup Guy. You know, you can keep it fresh. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have to always be Kirk Gidley no, rhetoric. I know you're, you're from Newcastle, right? So that's, we get that. But, but like, there's other players. There's also other things to talk about. There's other players. I just want to give a shout out to the punters. They're dribblers. That's right, baby. Neil Sutton and he's back to Hello Sports Podcast. Be soon. Oh, my God. 
Was that the dribble? That was it. Oh God. Neil so That was uh, ordinary. Yeah, that was that was a bit how you going. The end was fun. Hey guys, it's just Neil So the Navicastrian. Okay, I just good. want to give a quick shout out to the punters. The driplets. I have a song I wrote about the great Kurt Gidley, the oh. great utility of all time, baby. So if you guys just want to quickly listen to this, it'll go for less than 90 seconds. Here we go. <laughs> what the fuck? Did you battle in the rest? You're just a utility in my life. Cooler than a tin of beer on ice. That's right. Completely unaware. Nothing can compare the way you kicked that field goal in Brisbane that night. Yeah, that night. And the moments where I realized you played so many games. Here we go, everybody now. You make me smile like Tahu. Fall out the eight. Zach Browning is coach, PC in my head, mean like boozy, crazy like King is on a Sunday night. Yeah, if you know, you know, baby. You lately being like a fool, aching can't breathe, the chief that goes, I really can't breathe. Neil's, Just the thought of you, Jimmy, drives me is, wild. Oh, you make me smile. Pepsi Max soon, boys. Thank you. Well, listen, Neil, so we can't, as we said before, you can't knock a dribbler who uh, puts it, puts themselves out there. If you're prepared to call the hotline and, and perform, and perform, I'm never going to knock that. Can't knock that. It was pure, unadulterated dribble. It was, that. As, it was as dribbly as dribble gets, but I guess that is the point. Yeah. I, didn't, I couldn't really understand a word you were saying, <laughs> no, no, to no, be no. honest. No. That was, it was, Kurt, again, Kurt Gidley-based dribble, not, nothing, nothing sort of, uh, you know, objectively wrong with it but you know yes every stand-up comedian has to update their act every you know couple of years yeah in this case couple of dribbles couple of dribbles but i didn't i mean look but that song was worthy of the dribbler hotline yeah yeah. oh shit yeah that was (laughs) that's what it's there for that's what what it's there for uh neil so pepsi max is soon bruh Pepsi Max's soon, bro. That microphone is giving you grief. Fuck, bro. Have you tried tying up the... Just quit, twist that metal bit as hard as you can. Okay. I'll do my best. Load up the dribbles, bro. I'm loading them up. We got three from this gun. Hey, Tom and Eddie, it's Aiden here. Our first time on the dribble hotline. Uh, first, just wanted to give a shout-out to Ted, who got me onto the HSP podcast. Shout-out, Ted. Um... Good on you, Just Ted. looking at the HSP Instagram today, and I saw the Dark Angel on the TikToks, and just had some thoughts vis-a-vis um, the one where he's all kitted up. The first thing I saw um, that really caught my eye was the Dark Angel could raise the bat inside. Now, I know he's not a tall person, but he must have really high ceilings, you know, and I was thinking... For all the uh, the real estate agents out there, because if you've ever met a real estate agent, they're absolute dribblers. Um, is it now like a, a new sales pitch of going, when you're showing a house, just be like, have a look at these ceilings. Um, they're so high, Dave Warner could film a TikTok in here. So just uh, reaching out to the, 
the real estate agent, real estate agent dribblers. When uh, these pandemic times end, you've got new sales tactic thanks to the dark angel. Anyway, thanks, boys. Be soon. Yeah, I mean, look, real estate agents reach out. So he's saying that real estate agents will be like this has got high ceilings because. Well, that's. I think he's saying like. Ceiling so high, David Warner could swing a bat in it because Davey was swinging bats in his TikToks. So from that, this guy's deducing, I believe, that Dave must have high ceilings. Now you must remember Dave's all a four foot, so maybe they aren't that high. But still, if you can swing a cricket bat inside carefree, your ceilings probably are that are kind of high. He's on a good wicket. No one's. I don't think anyone's debating that. No. Would David have high ceilings? I would have thought so. I would have thought David would be a high ceiling guy. They wouldn't be low. No. Uh, he's got three of these dribbles. Hey, Tom and Eddie, me again. I uh, just wanted to, as well, uh, extend a, a another a rom-com for the punter and dribbler. Yeah, um, light on me. It is classified as a, a rom-com, but I would say it's more of a comedy with a little underlying hint of romance in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Morning Glory. It's on stand for all the punters and dribblers out there that want to watch it. Great light-hearted uh, bounce-out movie uh, to go well with Moana that I did watch on Disney Plus the other day. Uh, thank you for the shout-out from the Dribblets. Those Dribblets um, are famous. Another one oh. to add to the bounce-out list. Be soon. Morning Glory. Well, I still haven't watched Moana. It's no, on neither. my to-do list. I will do it. when I get fucked up after ISO. That's what I plan on doing. Yeah, you want to be properly bounced. Now, Morning Glory, if I can just quickly... I believe Rachel I'm McAdams. S- I'm going to type in Morning Glory movie yes. so that I don't get any nasty surprises. No, you get erection-based. Well, you know, the internet's a funny old thing. Although Morning Glory movie could get you some hairy fucking... Now, Rachel McAdams oh. is it. Rachel and I on not the best terms at the moment. You and Rachel. Now, I did mention to the punters and the dribblers that I was embarking on season two of True Detective. People had said, don't do it. Yeah. I said to myself, I'm going to do it. Mm. It's rubbish. Oh, so now you're at rubbish town. It's rubbish. She's in it. And although she's okay, the whole show is no good. Yeah. And it's left a bit of a funny taste in my mouth. It's hard with the same brush. Maybe Morning Glory's the the recovery, the, the tonic, the tonic need. I need to move past it. <sighs> Probably not. I tell you what, Vince Vaughn, he was he was rubbish as well. Really, and I'm a, I'm a Vince fan. I fucking love Vince Vaughn. Vince well, was, I was I mean, look, Vince was no good. Rachel McAdams, if she is in Morning Glory, that's fantastic. I thought that might be the case. Her in Wedding Crush is phenomenal, and also in the non rom com, but just rom of the Notebook. I mean, if you haven't watched the Notebook, then you 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 aren't in you. you You've got problems, basically. I think well, you, you no, need to get more in touch. No, You're too emotionally repressed if you haven't the, watched a It's the entry into the rom-com. Well, it's not a com, though. It's just straight rom. It is. It's not com. There's some com in there. There's some com, but no, no, no. It's not a rom-com. No. It's, it's, a, a, it's a rom. It's a rom. That's true. And a fantastic rom, and Rachel McAdams, phenomenal. But I still feel like to, to truly appreciate the rom-com... You've got to have a good understanding of ROMs and COMs. That's right. Separately. That's right. To understand a good one. To un- understand the synergy. Yes. Required. To understand a great ROM-COM, you have to understand ROM and COM, com. separately. That's right. So it's almost homework for a rom Before com. you enter into the, the, the world. The, the top tier of ROM-COM aficionado. Yeah, that's right. Is that fair to say? That's right. Um, and Wedding Crashes, favourite movie of all time from a comedy sense. That is ROM. That is COM. That is ROM-COM. 
Uh, he sent one more, and it's only 13 seconds. Hey, Tommy, had a couple of beers, so I can't actually remember if I said the name of said rom-com. <laughs> it's called Morning Glory. Yeah, he's... You're welcome, Triplers. Again, Holy shit. You said it, bro. <laughs> you said it. Where did he send that? What day was that? Uh, this was April 25. What's that? 9.20 p.m., then 9.25 p.m., then oh, Saturday night. p.m. wonder if he was watching that movie on Saturday. Fuck, he get up to some well, shit. Well, it was Anzac Day. Oh, okay. And and he's already he's obviously had a skin full. Yeah. And so he's, he's sought to call back. I respect it. Shout out to the diggers. Big shout out to the diggers. G'day, boys and girls. Big Deadly, a.k.a. The Ocho Cinco, a.k.a. Mocha Mocha Pair. Oh, uh, I just want to run okay, something by everyone. I'm thinking Bernie Larkin should probably be running the cutter. If he's not running CEO for Rugby Australia, I think he should probably be back for the Brumbies running the cutter. Love to see him playing a bit of footy. Okay. I understand we've got a young fellow in playing a bit of uh, ball, but I'd like to see Bernie back in playing a bit of 10. I think it's really good to see. Also, early this Bernie morning, Larkin, that day, beautiful day. I think a uh, fantastic day for the nation. Not just the nation, but also New Zealand as well. Uh, yes. You know, the bit of a be the country uh, to our right, but I won't get into that too much. It's not really my place to say, but beers never to the dishonourable members of Coogee who feel they're above a lantern dawn service. I think that's pretty cool for the blokes that don't feel like they can get up at six o'clock to pay our respects, but you know, far be it for me to pass judgment. Anyway, Big Deadly out. Take care, boys. Beers always. Big Deadly, the AKA Dribbler. Uh, I, there is nothing more rugby union than just wanting old rugby union players to do every job. You know what I mean? Look, like, calling, CEO. Calling for Bernie to come back. back and play 10. Look, he also called for him to be CEO. All of us want Bernie to be young again. Yeah. Of course we do. We'd love that. But we don't live in a world where Joey can play again or no. Bernie can come back and carve up a 10 and, and, kick, just not the way of the and world. kick match-winning World Cup semi-final field goals. Like, it's just not how the world works in my experience. No. I'm not saying that time travel not possible or, or... Some sort of, like, regeneration of cells. That's right. Or sort of, you know, taking an old man and making him young once more. Benjamin or, Button vibes, Eddie. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not a... I'm not in that field. No. I don't know if it's possible or if it will be possible, but currently, right here, right now, at 2020, it's not. So, you know, nothing But it does more. seem to be a hallmark of the rugby union man yeah. to be like, get this guy back to when things were good and yeah. maybe it'll be good again. But it's the hallmark of a rugby union dribbler. Yes. Because Which, that's all they can lean on is yes. old stuff like that. Yes. What else did he say? Anzac Day. Yes, yeah, shit, yeah, it's a day for Anzacs, for Australia and, and New, New Zealand. Zealand. Um, cool. And New Zealand. Oh, yeah. Baby, we get around them. They're not beaters on Anzac Day. No, they're not. Not beaters on Anzac Day at all. Now, did I get up for 6 a.m.? Yeah, I did. 100%. Of course you did. Of it was great. Yeah, it was lovely. Uh, it was great. There was a bloke down the street playing a bugle. Yeah, well, we could hear the bugle in North Bondi he was, from our he was He's bang up in the apartment getting the bugle into some beautiful work. It's very nice. and it was Love the bugle. The, the bugle is so stirring, Tom. Yes, it is. It, it, mate, the bugle gets every Australian and, and, Kiwi. and Kiwi up and about. Especially at 6 a.m. as the sun's rising. Fuck, it gets me up and game. about, mate. And it was great because like, I live South Bondi, North Bondi diggers, or the North Bondi uh, sort of... Memorial? Uh, well, the just North Bondi of the beach, essentially, where there's like the RSL and shit, is where it all sort of There's a place. memorial down yeah, there yeah, as yeah. well. But just hearing the bugle echo through the suburb as it's silent on a fucking Saturday morning was... That's lovely. cool. It's, mate, the bugle is so sick. So sick. 
Uh, shout out to the diggers. Big, shout out big to shout diggers. out. Shout out to bugle players. Yeah, fuck yeah. Hey, boys. And hello, punters and dribblers. I'll keep this one short and sweet, but on the way home from work and uh, the news is starting to trickle through, Vale Kim Jong-un. From all reports, he's the greatest golfer ever and he's <laughs> multiple-time NBA champion. Probably a pretty handy halfback in his prime as well. See you soon, boys. Communism never. Bye. Well, look, Kim Jong... Uh, actually not dead. Well, look... Where there's smoke, there's fire, my friend. No, apparently they've come out and said it's bullshit. Of course they have. No, but even South Korea have said it was bullshit. Okay. Yeah, but like what I need is to... See him. See him. Yeah. And they haven't. All they've done, and I could be I could be tinfoil hatting here, and you know what? Maybe I'm in the moon for a tinfoil hat. All I'm saying is, right, he wasn't there at his grandfather's the celebration. Special day or whatever Like the, the celebration of his death, I think. It's yeah. like a, whatever it is, Dior. Not present there, which is a bit of a, ooh, that was a bit weird. Then no one's seen him since. And they're sending emails to world leaders off his account, being like, oh, yeah, like trying hey, to keep how up. You doing? That's not that's not enough. No. The world's asking a lot of questions, yeah. mate. People would be getting edgy inside North Korea, in my opinion, like, because he has his kids are very young. There's no like successor. There's no, his sister. This which microphone's is, fucking doing me so much growth. You're bro. turning the wrong thing, though. No, I'm bro. not, bro. That's it. Where's anyway. it turning from? It, yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so then you're not turning the right thing. Okay, no, I'm not. I'm not. Um, so his sister, maybe. Anyway, I'm looking into the like North Korean politics. politics, bro. All I'm saying is they could knock the nail on the head. Hit the nail on the head. By doing, you know, like a sort of a prisoner of war style where they get I'm you in front okay. of the camera with a newspaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Prove it, bro. Yeah. Prove it. I'm not buying what they're selling, okay, Tom. Okay, so you think that he might be dead. I think he might be in a or tough in, spot. In, in, in a bit of cover. I was reading that that pretty high profile, and why do I say high profile? I mean good with, good with the body. Chinese doctors going up north to or what, east of China, whatever, northeast. Dior. Dior to go look at Kim because Kim's not doing so well. Right. To have a little, just to have a look. Up I don't at think Kim. I don't think he's dead, but I think he's in a bad he's spot. He's in a bit of hot curry. I'm not saying he won't recover. But well, I think, how do we know? I think currently Kim not doing that well. Otherwise, I would have jammed in front of a camera. Yeah. Now, I don't remember what the question was from that. That group. was it. It was a statement. Okay. Just that Kim might be dead and the fact that he's such a, uh, an accomplished sportsman and that obviously we might want to have a comment on that. It was that. a North Korean dribble. Yeah. Uh, so. Did I think I'd get one of them today? No. That's did I like it? Yeah, yeah I did. Yeah, I did like it. That's the beauty of the fucking hotline. Here we go. Double dribble. Uh, hey, boys. Vicky calling up here again. This is a, I've got two topics I want to discuss with again. you today. Just after one, after having listened to this week's last week's podcast, and one just because it's something that's been on my mind for a while. Uh, first thing is the, the, the discussion of the Three Ninjas film, and can I just say, absolute fucking film! Like that is an incredible piece of cinematography. Ignore IMDb's five point three out of ten. That's a load of shit. Fuck um, it. I remember strictly going up because I was born in 95, a bit later to the party. I got into the Three Ninjas about 98, 99 mark. And all I wanted was, after having seen uh, Three Ninjas High Noon at Mega Mountain film as well, um, that I was in love. I wanted the, the, the character Tom Tom. I wanted his, his yellow garb. I thought that was just like the most hot shit at the time, like hype beast style um, with his yellow sort of, karate oh fit and I remember asking mum in like 
1999 for that for Christmas back when Santa Claus could bring you fucking anything because he just could. Santa Claus and Mum couldn't procure this He's very obscure niche yellow karate garb from some pom pom from this movie, He's and I was just so confused as to Santa's why Santa's gone off the train in a big way. Like this, I thought it was just a very reasonable request to get this yellow outfit, and that haunted me for quite a few years. I remember I asked for it for like in 99, 2000, 2001. And then, you know, it got to the age where I was like, well, this is getting a bit unacceptable at this point. My older brother, shout out to Reese, if he's listening, was calling me a virgin at the age of nine or ten because I fucking wanted this karate garb. In fairness to Reese, anyway, you're a virgin. that's on Three Ninjas. Just, I was really got me aroused, very aroused to hear that discussion happening. It took me back to my childhood days. Second one is because I know this podcast reaches, as, as a listenership of hundreds and thousands, pushing millions, I'm sure, these days. No, it is um, can I just, because I know everyone who is, Selling a second-hand car is a dribbler. I'm, I'm appealing to 100% of the audience here. So if you are selling a used car, Commodore Variety, ETC, on the side of the road, put the fucking price in the windshield. Don't just put a small bit of paper that says for sale and then your phone number so that I've got to call you to inquire as to the price of your 2003 VY wagon. If I want to know how much it's worth, I should be able to drive past, see $1,500, and then just keep fucking going so I can consider it later if I want to purchase this skid pig. Don't make me pull over, write down your number, give you a call, listen to your shit dribble about how only one own a car, it's a cop vehicle. Fuck that shit off. I don't care. Tell me kilometres and price. all I care about. Transmission doesn't fucking matter. They're all automatic. Um, just my rant. I know that everyone who is selling one of these cars, 100% of the gum tree market is made up of dribblers. So I'm hitting 100% of the audience here. So... Feels quite efficient. Um, I'll leave with a question: uh, Have you boys uh, ever owned an absolute shit box of a vehicle, like yes. an old one that didn't that run or had weird quirks? Would love to know. All right, thanks, boys. Be soon, mate. Good question. Uh, tremendous dribble. I 100% side with you on the price matter. Yeah, it's fucking annoying. If you're trying to move a bit of steel, punters and dribblers, get the price up and about. Well, mate, it's like going to a shop and them going, oh, you hear the T-shirts. We don't have prices on them. And we have to go to the front desk and ask what the fucking price is. When you go on car sales, what, it's price there. Of course it price is. Price there. You don't have to call the owner to ask for the price. No. Now, sort yourself There's out. something dodgy going on if the price isn't in the car. Have I had a shit heap? Yeah. I had a Mazda 323, 1997, called it Fergie. Did a lot of trips between Bathurst Bro, and Sydney. Fergie was a beast. And she in terms she, of went, she and went, went and went and went. We got up to 320 ish 310 maybe thou me and fergs in That's our years nice. i think but we had a tremendous run a tremendous she run. Did, she only died like recently didn't she mate i only upgraded like a year ago i had fergie for uh since 2010 to 2009 nine years nine years i had fergie, fergie was i couldn't a- let her go bro. it's a tough it's a tough one now well i mean you know what actually having said that I had Ronnie Bergs, who is a, a, a burgundy-coloured Ford Fairmont gear. Good car. Never Lovely had any car. petrol. No, it was always out of petrol. Uh, the old man got us a, uh, like for me and my siblings, a car um, that we would all use. But then my sister moved overseas. It was largely became my car. And I still look back on this as like the height of a moment where I was the like a selfish, spoilt, ungrateful piece of shit and I think back and I can't believe I did that Ronnie Bergs look Ronnie Bergs wasn't without his problems right like he was an old car but we got him off this old guy who looked after it and he passed away or he was dying and it was like he had driven this thing to get milk that's all 
bought it new. It was in good nick. It was in good nick. They had like 6,000 K, something crazy like that. Dior. And after having Ronnie for like maybe four or five years, I think, again, served me very well. And I miss him dearly when I think about it now. I then had moved back to Sydney from Bathurst. I was an absolute pig of a human living in a share Yeah, house. shingles. I got shingles once. That's for another podcast. Um, but the car was out of rego and broken down or had something wrong with it. And rather than get it fixed... It was out of rego. That's all it was. Might have just been out of rego. It was out of rego. just out of rego. And you didn't want to park it on the street. And I didn't want to get tickets for having this out of rego car there. And I sold it to the wreckers for $120 and then blew that $120 that night. Of course. And obviously, I was not looked upon favorably by anyone in my family for that behavior. And... I don't look favorably upon myself for that behavior. It was selfish, indulgent, young twenties, young twenties, just wanting to fucking party and bend, and who gives a shit about anything? And it's too hard. It's too, too hard. hard I can't be fucked. I could have sold it for shitloads more than one hundred and twenty dollars. You could put it on, on car sales. Yeah, easily. But instead, I sold it to the wreckers for one hundred twenty dollars, and uh, it's you know. And you've regretted it ever since. Well, I feel like that that Ronnie deserved more. I will say this before we go. Uh, on the next dribble. Yeah. Is what was the last Christmas where Santa went big before he got sloppy? Uh, yeah, right. The last Christmas Santa went big for me before he got sloppy was probably around year 2003, four when I got a PS2. I can't believe you said that. Mine was 2002. Remember, like it was yesterday, we got a PS2 with a shitload of games. Yeah. My cousins all came around that year. Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Yeah, four. Yeah. At the time, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of the great, one of the great Christmases, one of the great lists by Santa. He also got um, like a little uh, stacker so we could put the games in it. We got two controllers; they were great games. Yeah, we Santa's like, never, never James been Bond, Nightfire, and shit yeah. like unbelievable. Santa never came back after that Christmas, not in the big way. No, not in a big. Didn't go the big lift again. No. So shout out to Santa for the 2002 lift. Yeah, and Vale Santa for every year since. <laughs> you fucking dog, come back. Reach out, Santa. Santa, reach out. Christ. Uh, oh, for fuck's sake. Is this guy giving us three dribbles? Hey, boys. Uh, Thicky here again, calling up, dribbling twice, because I realised that at the end of my last dribble, I forgot to mention something about the, about the shit car rant that I was on. I was going to touch in that I owned a, a 1994 Toyota Paseo. Uh, it was an absolute weapon, absolute weapon of a machine. Traffic light, gold medalist, no doubt about it. Um, that had this strange quirk of every, sometimes, not every time, sometimes when you tap the accelerator, um, the horn would go off as well. I know those two mechanisms like aren't connected at all, and I could never figure it out. But yeah, sometimes you give the, the accelerator a little tap off the lights and the horn would just doot as it went. Um, so, yeah, a weird quirk of that sort if you ever had a car that, you know, had to be hill-started or, or something something to that effect. All right. See you, boys. No real quirks from Ronnie. Uh, there was a beep that I never knew how to get rid of. Yeah, mine had a um, an immobiliser but didn't work. And if you didn't, like, if you hadn't locked it properly, it wouldn't start. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do vaguely. We're sitting in Bathurst. It's like minus two and the car won't start. Uh, that was about it. Which Annoying, is a, that's a Well, that's a big fucking problem. Hey, boys. Just got a, a question, a brief question there for the punter and the dribbler. It's about uh, with all of these NRL best of teams, best of top five lists being posted out, I think... Uh, 
One person I'm seeing miss out a lot is a, a young blonde nuggety halfback from Manly um, by the name of Jeff Toovey. I think there needs to be an investigation into why he isn't on these lists. And I uh, thought you guys would be the, the people to head up that investigation uh, and uh, give us some insight into where you think he ranks in the all-time list for both the, the mighty Manly Sea Eagles and also... Uh, in the broader NRL spectrum. So, uh, yeah, get on to it. Looking forward to hearing what you guys think of uh, good old tubes. Is soon. Thanks, lads. Great question. Jeff Turvey, pound for pound, toughest player to ever play the game. Fact. Pound for pound. Pound for pound. Uh, now, Mate, everyone says it. Yeah. Like he was a mongrel. He was an absolute beast. Uh, did he play for Australia at halfback and at hooker? I believe so. Do you all that, but I believe so. I don't know where he sits on the all-time rankings, dude. I was. I didn't watch. I didn't watch. Very young when Jeff played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't watch much of Jeff. I did watch a lot of Jeff, but I also like don't remember much of the nineties. That's what I mean. Like, yeah. it's early stuff, bro. Yeah, it's early days. Where does he stack up in the in the history of the game? Well, he's toughest man for pound. Well, that's. I mean, well, you take that every day of the week. Rugby league players pride themselves on being tough. Yeah. Pound for pound. And if you're the toughest guy to ever play and you're also one of the smallest guys to ever play and pound for pound you're the toughest guy to ever play the game, then I don't know where you sit on the all-timer list. Doesn't matter. List. Doesn't matter. You're pound for pound yeah. toughest. Yeah. So that's your list. That's your list. You are the list. You are the list. You're the toughest cunt who ever played the game. So, yeah. I mean, he's he's the list. So, you know. Uh, shout out to Jeff Toovey and to all Manly Seagulls players past and present. Pound for pound. Yeah, good day, fellas. Um, Manchester here. Um, just uh, calling in with a quick uh, comment, um, put a question to the fellas um, uh, on our uh, our man, the Dark Angel. Just seeing more content up on the uh, Punters and Dribblers uh, Facebook page um, to the effect of David Warner wearing a uh, tight pink um, one-piece swimsuit um, and uh, our girl Candy um, in the uh, full uh, the full kit. I think it's quite apparent, and correct me if I'm wrong, but... Uh, Candy's got at least an inch on him, possibly more in terms of height. So just uh, really interested in your thoughts, boys. Um, uh, Manlets, tiny men, um, uh, you know, getting hitched to or dating girls that, you know, are taller than them. Um, Historical examples, is it beta? Um, Comments, thoughts, cheers, beers soon. Look, I certainly don't think there's anything wrong with an Amazonian woman. Look, I, but I, I don't know if he's saying that so much it's as he's saying it's more guy. about the small guy. It's not. It's not about know, the bigger woman. You don't need to be. You're not. You're not six foot five, being taller than than Dave. No, you, you know what you, I mean. You just have to be like. So five foot. I think more, the question is more women that like to date shorter men. Now they are out there. Do I can they, only really think of like Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. Do I know many? Um, not really. Funny that there was all that furor. Hullabaloo, Eddie, I believe we called it, around David Warner and Elise Perry in that photo, uh, and now Dave, inescapable of the smaller, the, the taller woman, Candy herself, taller than Dave. Do you reckon that's why Dave made him made Candy stand behind him in that TikTok, so that just through perspective? No, I think I think that if he would have he would have kept that ruse up. Yeah, true. Do you know what I mean? True. He's clearly comfortable being a man. Let. As he's described, yeah, that's look, true. mate. If you're Dave a, must be comfortable because he's Maddie, fucking TikTok. I give you the, I give you the fucking, I give you the fucking hot tip. He's too comfortable. Yeah. He's a comfortable, comfortable man. Yeah, but like you do, you bro. 
You do you. Listen, is it beta to be short? No, no I don't. No, it's no, not. It's not. It's not beta to be short. Now listen, there's a lot of alphas that are short, yeah, bro. It's easy for me to say that because we're both fucking tall as shit. So like, but you know, six foot, six foot one. But there's short alphas. There are short alphas. Joey, not even that short. Alfie Langer, Tuvi. Alpha Langer, Tuvi. Pound for pound. Pound for pound. Uh, a lot of halfbacks. A lot of them. Hey, Eddie and Tom, it's Will Brett here. I've been flipping around this evening between MasterChef and Lego Masters. Um, honestly, that's that's just really because that's all that's on at the moment. Um, just seeing what you guys Tom's think of tough. the new host of MasterChef. Um, the personally, they're not as entertaining as the previous three, and uh, that is making me lean more towards uh, seeing Hamish do his thing on Lego Masters. Um yeah, I just want to see what you guys think and what, is this question? what your opinion. <laughs> what do we prefer? Master Chef, uh, Master Chef or Lego Masters? Hold on, now. I, I All right, think, guys. See you soon. I think he said Wait. his name was Will Bracey. I don't know if you're related to Nude Soon, Luke Bracey. But what I will say is this. When you tell me that all that's on is Master Chef and Lego Masters, you're just not telling the truth. You're too young to be saying that, Cuz. You need to... you, Cuz... You need to be getting on some sort of streaming service. If now, you I love sounded, dark times. If you sounded old as fuck, I'd be like, okay, yeah. okay, this dude, this dude's old, you and he doesn't. He's not a shit on the internet, dude. No, but like, I would be like, okay, this guy's analog as fuck, and yeah, he's, yeah, a, yeah. he's a TV guy. I'd be like, okay, sure. And then I'd try and indulge you. But you sounded young to me, bro. Yeah, you're far too and young. And even if times are tough, even if times are tough, get on the blow to your rents and go, oi, I need a Netflix password or a stand password. Or, mate, I reckon for, for what, for Amazon Prime? Was it $5.99 yeah. a month? You yeah. can scram $5.99 a month. Go Look out. The couch. Mate, go down to like a, uh, a, a train station. Go and find public pay phones and just start digging 10 cent coins out. You'll come up with $6.99, $5.99 yeah. a month. And that might seem like a lot of work, but if it's if it's a difference between you having to watch Lego Masters and fucking Masters, mate, Chef. mate, that is time well spent. I give yeah. you the hot tip. I would rather be dagging coins out of old payphones, yeah, than watching than watching the new Master Chef. You don't want to call the Dribbler Hotline and ask me and Eddie what our opinion is about the new Master Chef judges. You don't want that for yourself. You want to call up and go, boys, I just watched the test. Yeah, we and we don't want that for you, young Dribbler, mate. It's go put on put on a jumper, put on your shoes. <laughs> fucking rug up, rug up, and put, head out into chin the up, and go, chin up, chin up. Don't young be buck. too proud. Don't be too proud. Don't be too proud, but chin up, right? Go out with a bit of bit of purpose, bit confidence, of pride, pep in your step, yeah, shoulders back, yeah, self confidence, and go and raid those payphones, baby, because in those payphones is your ticket out of hell. <laughs> Because you're in hell right now, brother. You're in hell. You're asking us which thing we'd prefer. Master shit. Like, Hamish Blake, yeah, funny hey, guy. Hamish, but I'm not watching Lego Masters, bro. Hamish Blake is, is one of the funniest Australians going 100%. Around. Fantastic. But for, for, from where I'm sitting, what's better? It, I'd go with Hamish. Oh, yeah, I'd go with Hamish. Pure. I'd go with that show because Hamish is on it. That's what I mean. But fuck both those shows. No, no, mate, mate, mate. It's 2020. You don't need to watch this shit. It's 2020, cuz. You don't need to watch this TV. Sharpen up. Go cool. go raid the fucking payphones, cuz. I'm not paying for you. You gotta go out and fucking earn that no. $5.99, brother. Or do we start? Someone start a GoFundMe for this fucking dribbler. I don't think he deserves one. He's got to go out into the dark night. No, that's true. And, and wash some wash some car windows. I see a lot of very industrious homeless gentlemen, and I'm not making fun of them. They're clearly working for their coins. Maybe they're working for. Maybe they don't want to watch MasterChef, and they're out there. Cleaning the windscreens of this nation, mate. Trying to scrounge together some coins for a dart and the and the freedom to not have to watch one of those gimps on MasterChef. Either you're, either you're lazy or you're stupid. Yeah, 
Now, you don't have an excuse. Sharpen up. Sharpen up. But you know what? Sometimes we've got to clip some dribblers, and I feel like that's a clipping he needed. That's a clip. Pissing again? Yeah. I know, I know. I know, dude. What the fuck? Let's bring this thing home, P's and D's. We're doing very well. All of you are doing very well. You should be very proud of yourselves, the first drink. Hey, Eddie and Tom. It's Will Brett here. I've been flicking around this evening between Sorry. MasterChef and Lego We've Masters. We've gone back to the MasterChef um, dribbler. Honestly, that's... Hello, Tom and Eddie. Uh, just up at, like, 12.30 on the... Uh, very talented of a long, long weekend here in Canberra. Um, just wanting to get your, you know, your your thoughts and, and criticisms. I mean, look, fuck it. Is it ever too early to do some uh, out of the box state of origin predictions? I mean, fuck it. It might not be played till Christmas if what you guys are saying is true. So why the hell not? Just give us some, fellas. Anyway. See you soon. Uh, enjoy. Catch ya. Bro, it is definitely too soon to talk Origin teams. Like, we don't... The comp hasn't been on for fucking five weeks. Can't talk teams. Can give predictions. 3-0. Uh, yeah, 3-0. I can give you that. To New South Wales. 3-0 New South Wales. Queensland already waving the white flag as the beta pussies they are. But, bro, no, I can't give you Origin teams right I now. Think it'll be, I think it'll be much... I think it'll be pretty similar to last year. I think it'll be pretty similar. I think that you'll find we'll have Cleary and Kiri partner each other in the half. Well, I don't know. Fuck. I mean, you're probably right, but hopefully. You know what? Cleary, Sands, Walpole, and Aphantasia played very played pretty well first two rounds of the season. A lot of water's got to go under the bridge. Shitloads of water. But I think Cleary, Kiri will be the halves. And I think New South Wales wins 3-0. All right. Jack Javoyevich, man of the season. Boys, how are we? Want to say good day to the punters and uh, the dribblers. Um, wanted to have a quick chat. It's Blakey here from the Sunshine Coast, uh, up in sunny Queensland. Still be bleed blue, though. Yeah, Blakey. Uh, boys, childhood movies. Uh, Got to say, as the eldest of three boys, uh, there was a hell of a lot of uh, the three ninjas being played out at our house say, and uh, do your do your own research, uh, but obviously the special one with uh, Hulk Hogan in there absolute gem of a movie. Uh, boys, on to my question. I'm going to kick off with the... Uh, I'll stay on the movie trend. The Mask. An yes. absolutely sensational movie. The uh, Childhood movies for myself. And I've got to say, a young Cameron Diaz in the supporting yeah. cast was an awakening yeah. uh, for a young Blakey up uh, at 10 years old. So just curious, boys, uh, an awakening for yourselves. Who are we going after? So like I said, uh, Cameron Diaz for myself. Was it a Pam Anderson? Was it a Carmen Electra? Let us know, yes. boys. Be yes. soon. Yes. Great questions, great points. Obviously, Karate Kid, peerless in terms of childhood movies, except for maybe Hook. Uh, Did you see off the back of The Last Dance this week where Dennis Rodman was like, or oh, Carmen Electra came out being like, yeah, Dennis Rodman. Well, they dated. For yeah, yeah, but ages. he blindfolded me and put me in a motorbike and took me to the, pra the Bulls practice court uh, facility and he, he 
made love to her over the court, over the physio's room, in the change she's rooms, like everywhere. the whole facility, like for like twenty. I haven't hours. seen the. She's like yet. he's never walked. He's never worked harder in his life. That wasn't in the episode. She said that in like an interview. Oh, like shit. Dennis the Lothario worked me over from dusk till dawn. What a great nineties couple, Rodman and Electra. Were. I can't get over how dope the nineties looked. 90s seemed like such... I mean, obviously we were there. The 90s was dope, but to be like... No, but like top of your game. Yeah, yeah, To yeah. own a black Ferrari, to be chonging from dusk <laughs> yeah, till yeah, dawn. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carmen Electra, for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, Mike Tyson, Brad Pitt, all of those yeah, yeah, yeah. people that were ruling the 90s. Now... Who awoken? Who awoken? Who awoke our sort How of... Who awoke me? Well, so like Cameron Diaz 100% did in the mask. And for some reason, it was, she was brought up in a chat group I was in recently, but it was like, she's one of the hottest people that's ever lived. When you look at 90s Cameron Diaz, the mask Cameron Diaz, one of the hottest women that's ever lived. Without a doubt. 100%. Pam Anderson, Baywatch days. I know that's a very obvious answer. When did... Fuck um... me, dude. She oh. was so hot. Carmen Electra as well. It's it's escaped my mind, but work with me. I'm here. Uh, hops out of the pool, not much on, very attractive. Denise Richards. Denise wild Richards, thing. wild thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's as good as it gets. That's as good as it gets. Bro. I think. No, well, it's absolutely. Bold wild though. things is nineties. Wild things is nineties. Have to be. At least it's nineties enough. <laughs> I'll deal. It right, better fall enough. in. It's 90s enough. If it's not, it's two thousand and two. Because Neve Campbell was in it. That was post-Scream. So I don't know. It'll be tight. 98. There we go. <laughs> yes. 100%. Wild Things. One of the great awakenings for a young oh, boy geez. of that era. Mate, Denise Ridge. That's as, I reckon that's as sexy as it gets. Well, dude, it was those two in a pool yeah. getting after it. <laughs> and I'm 10 years old or 8 years old or 9 years old going... Whoa, whoa, mm. whoa, whoa, whoa. Mm. Mm. Fantastic. Mm. Awoken. Awoken. That awoke me. Yeah. That, I think that awoke a lot of the P's and D's. <laughs> Majority. Yeah. Majority rules. Majority rules. Wild things. Uh, yeah, wild, wild things. And if you haven't seen it, do yourself a favor because, whoa. Yeah, g'day boys. Scotch and Coke here from Sydney's East. <laughs> Scotch and Coke. To present a quick opinion for all the punters. <laughs> the dribblers out there. I'm sure there are a lot of people out there starting to really feel the effects of doing absolutely fucking nothing at the moment, as there is currently sweet fuck all for anyone to do in these current times. There is one thing that gets me up in the morning, one thing that keeps me going day to day. Now, since the announcement of the return of God's winter game, the Rugby League, thanks to none other than Son of Christ, Grandson of God, St. Peter Volandis, <laughs> I start to get hope back in my life. The hope I refer to is that we can get a full 25 rounds and state of origin and a full <laughs> final series, much as the late Toddley Greenberg would have wanted, Valet Todd. Valet Todd. The situation this idea leaves us in is that come the back end of the season, getting into the hot summer days, there becomes the very real possibility that I can wake up in the morning and chuck on the telly to watch Smudger and the Dark Angel bludgeon the Indian bowlers all day long to all parts of the ground. And then come afternoon, evening time, crack open a cold one and chuck on the rugby league to get me through the night. Might even be able to KO split screen the early games if we're that fucking lucky. 
my opinion that is after the enormous shit show that has been 2020 so far, the great P's and D's of the world need this scenario to take place. And you know what? We fucking deserve it as well. <laughs> we deserve a day of test cricket into a night of God's winter and now summer game. Now, if that doesn't get lead in your pencil, I suggest you consult your healthcare professional immediately. Anyway, boys, that's just my two bobs. Like to hear your opinion on it. Cheers, boys. Stay safe. Stay distant. Siggy soon. <laughs> Siggy soon. Look, great dribble. Great dribble. Look, uh, 25th is the grand final of October. We never get test cricket that early in the, in the, in the year, or we don't get it in October. I, from what I'm hearing, looking unlikely that India will make it out here, travel bans and the like. If there are miracles and they exist, I can see Test cricket into Origin, which gets me even. Stiffer. Imagine that's what we were talking about this. The Test cricket into Origin is the great. That's the greatest day of sport of all time. Of all time. And so, and not not just that punters dribblers, but we're in daylight savings zone as well. So yeah. it's oh, it's Origin where like it's still sunlight as yeah. we're getting into it. Sunset today. Kick off at su- in sunlight. Sunlight kickoff. Whatever it is, but dusk. The idea of having test cricket or some form of test cricket. We were speaking, I think it was, was, I don't know if it was last week's podcast or the first one we did this week about how if India don't come out, how you could have New South Wales versus Victoria on a boxing day or whatever. But I could also get around and get my lead moving for some sort of an all-stars concept of like, that may be harder to do because the Sheffield Shield will be kind of disrupted. But so you get all of the throbbers that you want into the one game Having like a possible probable Australia A Australia A possible possibles probables match or test series over the summer. I'm mm. mad. I'm into it. Any like if I can get test cricket, even if it's four day, into Origin, I'll be happy. Yeah. I'll be happy. I'll as be large. happy as fuck. I will be sending the uh, the kiddo and the missus to grandma's place. Yeah, be getting everyone together. Yeah, and strapping myself. In. That's it. Perfect. Get the Yulies brews. Perfect. And rip in for the nation. Perfect. Um, great chat, great shout, great call. One dribble left with two dribbles in it, if that makes sense. It's been a long one, bro. Yeah, g'day, Tom and Eddie and the rest of the punters and dribblers. Um, long-time dribbler, first-time caller. Thought I'd hit the hotline up to try and bring a bit of uh, AFL rhetoric to the conversation, as per your request in the most recent potty. Mm. Um, yeah, I was just having a bit of a read about some of the, um, the proposals for these Corona hubs they're talking about setting up in the AFL. And, um, yeah, just I think there's some good points being made. A lot of the AFL players having a bit of a win that they're going to be away from their families for too long and Soft. all this other shit. I'm Soft imagining we're talking probably a period of Soft. maybe one or two months. Bunch of and uh, it just reminded me of um, watching... The test recently, and you see those cricket players spending probably nine months a year away from home. Great point. Um, I'm an AFL dribbler, unfortunately, um, but even I think this is some pretty beta behaviour from these AFL players. Uh, you listen to some of the rugby league players who would chop off their own arm to go and play a game of footy, so I just think maybe they need to take a bit of a leaf out of the NRL's books and uh, you know listen to a bit of... Bit of advice from Mr. Vlandes and and just suck it up and go and play the game they love. Uh, just want to know what you guys think. Anyway, see you soon. See ya. 
Well, look, look, we unfortunately touched on it at the very start there, but I mean, you're echoing our sentiments. The AFL players seem like a bunch of bitches. I've got an, I've got like a solution mm. though. So obviously, last week, uh, uh, Anastasia Palaszczuk well was was very anti state of origin. We rallied the punters and the dribblers north of the Tweed. They reached out to their local members, yep. and sure as shit, we've got Origin after the grand final, 25th of October, so November Origin. It's locked in. Yep. If I was you, if I'm an AFL dribbler who wants to get his sport back onto the tellies, back into the hearts and minds of the, the Southern dribbler, mm. I'd be penning a letter to your local club. Yes. Pen a letter to your club going, get those fucking boys out of bed and get them into ice, yeah. and let's get back to work. Clip those whinging little bitches who are paid out the ass, Out the arse. And get them to bloody get into those hubs and get playing AFL for all, You're all members down there. So pen a letter to your club and get them moving. And get them going. Because the ball's in your court, quite frankly. If they got enough very honest, very heartfelt, you know, very angry letters from the, from the members, mate. I think that'd get a moving. I think it would. Let's finish here with this last one. Yeah, boys. Uh, me again. Wouldn't be a first-time drill without a double drill, so yeah. thought I'd oblige the punters and the dribblers uh, with a bit of a story. You might remember back when we were trying to get uh, Curtly Bill on the show. Shout out to Curtly Bill. Um, there was a punter in Melbourne who... Went along to the premiere of Adam Good's Docker in Australian Dream, pretended he was mates with you. Uh, yeah, that was me. Uh, and all was going pretty well. Curtly was having a bit of a yarn and seemed to be entertaining my dribble until uh, we were talking about Australia's chances in the uh, upcoming World Cup. Me being a, um, a uh, avid rugby union watcher. By which I mean I barely watch a game. Um, I said, oh, you know, what are our chances? He said, oh, I think we'll be all right. And I sort of jokingly said, yeah, yeah, be, we just need you back in the uh, in the team. To which I got a bit of a blank look from from Curly because I obviously obviously thought he'd retired, and uh, turns out he hadn't. Which I saw a couple of months later when he was running around in the field of the World Cup. So that was a bit of a uh, Dribbler move by me, and uh, yeah, just thought I'd tell you that story. (laughs) What a a way for that to finish. You know what? That's the perfect way for this fucking dribbler dribble to finish is by horrendous reception. Uh, Fantastic from uh, that dribbler there. Yeah, hilarious. Dribbler dribble is outstanding tonight. Did Outstanding. Ask a question I don't know. I, don't I think it was know. statement stuff. Yes, it was all statement. I'm over it. Yeah, I'm done. I've just seen Peter of Driblet fame. Oh, yeah. just put up a, an Instagram story of her being like, check out your heritage. Look what she got. <laughs> Pangolin. <laughs> Shout out to Peter of the Driblets, who now, are, you know, the second most famous duo in this podcast history. Now, have we got some questions? Yeah, we do. We do. Written. Ah, some written submissions. Fellas, deep in... An, this is Jack, Jack underscore Robertham. He sent us a photo of, of Punter uh, on March 31, which I liked. Fellas, deep in an ISO conversation with a mate and he's managed to come up with a pretty good theory regarding Queensland's eight in a row, which goes as follows. What happened in the 05 final changed the course of history. On the play that Benji flicks, flick passes, Thurston put the kick through and was tripped and Benji made the break where he would have been defending. 
Now listen to this. That pass would have never been thrown. Cowboys would have won. So he's saying that if Benji's pass didn't get off, Cowboys would have won. Okay, which means Thurston still plays Origin. But Hodgson would have Hodgson probably would never played fullback in the 06 origin, which means he would have never thrown the pass that Lockyer picked up to start the dynasty. Minicello would have most likely been picked in the series having a rooster spine. New South Wales win the series. Thurston is bombarded with pressure, being a two-time premiership winner in his first two years. That rooster spine starts a New South Wales dynasty. That was the biggest load of shit I've ever heard in my life. And I full respect to him, because... It takes a skill to dribble that hard. I like that. I, I like that they're looking for correlations, looking for answers for an 08, for an eight nil drubbing. I like that. Oh yeah. Does that make any sense? No. Makes none. I love the science behind their sort of thought process. No, I like it. He's he's tried to bring together certain narratives and Stitch yarns. Stitch together narratives and yarns there. Unfortunately the man doesn't seem to be I didn't mind your handiwork. It was a bit sloppy though. It wasn't stitched together well. No, no, it wasn't stitched together. And I think that was probably the biggest problem. Your garment your garment fell apart. Yeah, if you stitched it together better, if we had better uh, stitching, mm. I don't know what the other... It's poorly is. stitched. It's poorly stitched. It's not double stitched. No. And so it's that, a poor quality. It, it fell apart as It's a poor as, quality. At the, the slightest duress. It's a poor quality. Yeah. G'day, Tom and Eddie. This is from Nags... Nagsygram. Okay. Yep. G'day, Tom and Eddie. G'day, Tom and already. Okay. Well, probably just both. Both of us, bro. Boys, as footy has been confirmed to restart at the end of May, and with it comes both punting and dribbling, I'd like to ask, what is your best recollection of the final leg of a multi coming in? Personally, I'm a big fan of the same game multi. It brings excitement to where excitement may sorely be lacking, a la Roosters versus Broncos early rounds 2019. Fuck both teams. To get the ball rolling, this little number brought me some my brought me home my same game multi on a quiet Thursday night, been rounded out by total points. He sent us a photo, a link to Instagram. Flashback to when the Sydney Roosters did this. Oh god. I don't even want to describe it. It's the Roosters beating the Broncos. It's thirty two to four with seventy seven minutes on the clock. Have I had big multi wins? Tom and I Almost picked the greatest multi of all time. State yeah. of Origin game two last year. We went unders points instead of overs. It was a fuck up. In terms were shot. We should have made the punters and the dribblers millions. Yeah. Mate, I can't really remember a multi that comes to mind. What no. I can remember is before isolation, I was at the Stain in Manly. I'd been given a $500 multi bet from, uh, who was it? Play yeah. up. Play up. And I put 200 bucks on a horse paying 10 bucks, won two grand. That was fun. So There you go. I don't have a great multi-yarn. That's I, not a multi, but it's, no, a, it's a good punning memory. I picked a fucking... I, uh, I, got a, I got the trifecta in the Melbourne Cup once, but I boxed it and that fucked me. I would have won like two grand. I won 300 or 150. I fucked up. Uh, but that's about oh, it. I don't have like an all-time story for you. No. Except for me winning two grand on that horse a couple yeah. of months ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gus Williamson-Wilson. That's a lot. That's a rugby union. Gus William Wilson. G'day, Tom and Tedward. Middle to long-term listener. I doubt you're long-term, but that's all right. (laughs) First time fully faculative dribbler. Quick question. When can we say the public who suckles so selfishly from your ever-productive nipple of dribble and yarn... (laughs) 
expect to see some sort of dribbler dictionary-esque publication. I just reckon a written compilation of all the mightiest and most potent dribbles with explanations that even the most North Shore English-speaking, poodle-walking, F45-attending non-dribbler can use to discern their first episode of the potty. This may be stemming from having taken on a dribblet who doesn't get it. However, I like her mum, so I'd rather not let her bite the dust. <laughs> anyway, I just reckon it'd make for a crack-up of a dribbler-based Christmas-slash-Father's-Day-slash-Bar Mitzvah present. Cheers, fellas. Beer soon. Malumbimbi lung fills Buena Vista nose fools sooner. I don't know. Malumbimbi lung fills Buena Vista nose fools? Sure. Mate, will there be a drink? Will there be a dictionary? Yeah, look, we've we've looked, we've dabbled at looking. Have at Have we been it. approached? We've been approached by uh, Oxford to uh, release our own dictionary. Yes, we uh, have, as as well as Macquarie, I believe. Look, and to be honest, their offers were far too low. Yeah, they were. We're They know where we sit. They know where they know where we are. If they want to fucking come find us again, we're fielding offers. That's all we'll say. (laughs) Uh, but look, also happy for the punter and the dribbler to, to have a crack at writing one uh, you know, themselves and we'll edit it if it's shit. Put it this way. If you go back and get all of our sayings and write them eloquently and put them in a dictionary that's bound, leather, of course, yeah. and send it to me, you get a baggy Yeah. But it has to be up to like Oxford Dictionary standard. Yeah, yeah. We've got to be able to get this thing to Oxford, to OD. And I don't know if any of you are capable of that. I don't want to underestimate you, but I don't think you are. Petachich91. Hello, Chief P's and D's. I've been sitting on this one for a while, but after seeing Eddie this morning at Seaforth Bakery... Yeah, I was at Seaforth Bakery. Did he say good day to you? No, he didn't. Pussy. Pussy. I've decided, decided to break my silence and blow the hitman's cover. Can either of you confirm if it's Charles, a.k.a. Clancy Overall of Batuta fame? Finally, the king of play on word names is the 12th man. My personal favourite is Harry Dixon Balls. Do you offer the others beer soon? James, medium-term listener, first-time dribbler. Well, listen, I mean, I certainly can say that there is no evidence to suggest that uh, Charlie Clancy Overall is the, the hitman. Charlie, a.k.a. Clancy Overall. I'm not sure who you're talking about. Don't know who you're talking about. Mate, we, don't, we still don't know who the hitman is. We're still looking into it. Mate, we've, the interns have been on it the moment he dropped in. Yeah. So... There's nothing to suggest either way. I mean, if you can try and find some way to prove it, then absolutely. If, no, if someone has definitive proof, definitive proof, send it in. But... Mate, we're all at sea. Yeah. And in terms of the names, yeah, 12th man, he's a, he sounds like a good guy. Sounds like a legend. Sounds like a real Sounds like guy. a funny as fuck character. Sounds like a good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Do we have any more? This guy just sent this through. If you don't have any more there. This is Benzo Direct 93 I don't mind that name. Off the back of the Mike Tyson v. Brad Pitt yarn, me and a mate of a regular discussion basically leading to this question. You can fight Mike Tyson at any age. For each year old he is, you get $1 million. At what age do you fight him and why? You're fighting him at your current age. Well, you'd fight him late. He's getting pretty old now. Yeah, but the only... Look, I get that, but I, that's what I was going to say. And then as I read it again, I just reconsidered. If you fight him at when he's in the peak of his powers, he knocks you out with one punch. I assume he still would now. Nobody could kill you, bro. Yeah, that's true. That's the difference. Yeah. And he could kill you from probably 14 onwards. He could kill you now. <laughs> 14 onwards, he probably could, couldn't he? Mate, have you seen fucking footage well, of yeah, him? I... <laughs> fucking training at 15? He's a straight killer. Yeah, dude. Mate, I'm not joking with no, that No, I know. Maybe 14. Maybe you go young rather than old because he'd kill you now. 12. 
I think you go twelve year old Mike Tyson. Twelve. That's all I need. I'm not and not a year not a year older. No. I need twelve million, yeah. mate. I'm set. That's all I need. See you later. I'm good to go. Twelve. Because at at thirteen, you know he starts. And twelve's a risk. <laughs> Still very dodgy. Twelve's risky. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're talking about the baddest man to ever live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twelve's probably is. Twelve's probably. That's as, uh, as late as I will go. Yeah. And I'd have to see him first. That's true. I'd have to watch him. I'd have to see him. In I'd the have to flesh. watch him hit mitts before I'm be even six, He'd still be six foot. He'd yeah. still be six foot. Yeah, yeah. And, and he'd, he'd still work fucking, those mitts. He'd have traps for days. Yeah, yeah. Traps, lats, tries, buys. Uh, Steph, hello, Edward. He used to guys still going. Don't want time to. Don't want time to text in case he fucks up audio. He's very she very sweet. Oh, there he goes. That the dribble from Steph. Yeah. We're coming home, baby. That's Please it. get him to call me when he can. Angel head. There you go. Okay. So with that punters dribblers, time, time to, to wrap. And time we're actually wrap. finished. And the we time is impeccable. That couldn't have been better. Uh, so there you go. First dribbler dribbles podcast. I think that went well. I think it was fun. Um, that went for ages. That went for fucking long. Imagine that at the back end of a normal podcast. Would have would have would have No, I just would have fucking run home. Would have quit. All right. All right. Bye bye. Be soon. Could you two just not talk anymore? <laughs> <laughs>